<laughs> Johnny, we have a question to start off this oh, podcast. Oh, what? No, no good morning. No, how are you doing? How's no, your morning? No, no, straight into a straight question. Straight into a, All right, fantastic. What's your question? <laughs> what are the three ways to skin a cat? Oh, God. Um, I, I did read the article and I didn't read all three ways, to be honest. So, um, you got it here? Uh, no, no, actually, no. no <laughs> Sorry, on, actually, Rex. I think Lee brings all of his articles everywhere <laughs> with him. <laughs> Just in a big suitcase. <laughs> we brought an extra suitcase if full of these magazine features. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, um, let's just do that oh, off camera, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll get back to you. But no, thanks for uh, joining us this morning, Johnny. No, we're, thank in, um, you. we're in Adelaide, South Australia at the moment. Last night we did our Reconnect show where Johnny was one of the guests. Um, and we were always keen to get you on the podcast. I know you were a, one of our first listeners, yeah. which is great. You were the, yeah, one of the first people to give us some feedback, which is fantastic it was good so, feedback wasn't it yeah it wasn't, wasn't bad no it no, wasn't it was bad um, which is great <laughs> <laughs> i think oh, not that time not <laughs> that time. it wasn't bad that time <laughs> let me think you know well, we haven't got cancelled yet like what what episode is this uh this will be 19 19, 19. yeah 19 we haven't got cancelled yet so We've done well today could be the day yeah <laughs> <laughs> so johnny we always um like to start the podcast just if you want to give yourself a bit of an introduction we don't like to put labels on anyone so We'll, get, we'll let you give yourself a bit of an introduction, and we'll uh, get into a little bit about you, your story. All right. Uh, God, an, an intro. My name's Johnny. Um, I'm a, a barber and a hairdresser. I've, I've done both for what, 33 years now. Um, also a photographer as well, and part-time uni student, and just exhausted all round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just knackered. Just, just knackered, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Same. Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> if you had a cup, that would be great. Um, no, it's mad. What are you studying? I'm doing a Bachelor of Digital Media. Awesome. Which is, um, cool. yeah, it's, 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 it's really insidious because when you look at the, the course outline, it's basically the psychology of the internet and then how to create platforms that get people addicted to the internet, which is really bad. Which <laughs> 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 is terrible. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> it's funny. I, I was actually listening to a podcast recently and it's like, there is people in high up organizations in digital media who are really like ashamed of what they've done like, and created yeah. in the world. You know, it's like what the podcast um, was that? The so, there's the social media um, the social documentary. Network. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the social dilemma. Yeah. And, and the guys from like Google and YouTube, they're just like, what have we yeah. done? It was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There was that woman and she's like, you know, had I known what it would have caused now, I wouldn't have done it. And I'm yeah. like, what, what's she talking about? She was talking about the like button on Facebook. Oh. And she, she invented the like button. And then the guilt that she felt afterwards is kind of like, yeah. I wouldn't have done it if I'd known that this is what it had created in terms of, you know, things like depression, anxiety, um, all these mm. sort of disorders that kids are kind of now going through because mm. of social media and that one little button isn't it mental yeah that little dopamine hit you get out of just dink you know and that, oh. that, that's basically what my studies are about it's, it's looking at the psychology of that and then how to create you know platforms that keep people engaged and that sort mm. of thing so it's mm. i guess you can either use the degree for good or evil yeah. <laughs> essentially i think there's a, there's a good way of doing it though mm. i think if we do it right we'll, it'll be fine oh totally oh, totally but attention's the thing that we are trading on right now and i think if we do it in the right way it'll be okay yeah you know yeah look look anything has i think the ability to to be misused um mm -hmm. and the internet is is definitely the same and you know if if you do create platforms like you guys are doing that you know are there obviously for the common good the betterment of our industry for example then to me that's fantastic and there are ways that you can do your platform make your content all of that that hits your target in the right way so that's kind of say using what i'm studying for 
mm. so good and not evil, but then, you know, yeah. you've got yeah. the Zuckerbergs that kind of use it for evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And I actually, I would trust that you were doing that for the right reasons as well. Yeah. Just from like our conversations over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And like something we always speak about as well, and we've probably spoken about it on this podcast, is the fact that like everyone does have a platform, even if you're only getting like 20 likes, you know, sometimes we still only get like 20 likes and stuff, you know, yeah, like, and it's yeah. just like, well, but them 20 people, like you're still influencing like potentially 20 people's mm -hmm. lives, you know, yeah. like even if it's a small number, but every single person in the world has a platform and how we choose to share what we share on that platform is important. Mm. Like, oh, look, totally. I, I totally agree. I, I had a really weird moment um, last night at the show um, as I, I started cutting hair and um, this young kid came up to me. He's like, hi, Johnny. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, my name's Spencer. And I'm like, oh, how are you? And he goes, uh, yeah, somebody at work showed me your post on Facebook um, that, you, you know, you were doing this and that's why I'm here tonight. I'm like, oh, cool. Then we started talking. And um, he goes, oh, you, you won the, the Mitsutani competition. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, and you were a finalist for this and you were a finalist for that and you won Amber last year. And I'm like, how do you know all of this? And he's like, oh, I've been following your career. And I'm like, to me, that's like, it, it's super crazy. And... Um, and then he goes, I knew who you were when I was in Taiwan. And I'm just like, that's just nuts. Like someone like me who I'm not hugely in the industry, but he's this little kid that's come from Taiwan and he knew who I was before he'd even come to Australia. And I just thought, you know what, that's mental. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. I almost like, there was times last night where like, you know, we kind of were in similar situations. I don't know how to respond to that sometimes. Mm. I just kind of make jokes of it. Like... Yeah, but you you're know? you're you though. I mean, let's not no, let's not sugarcoat no. it. You're you're no. you. Like it, it's not you know. Well, not big noting or, or blowing smoke up your butt. But the reality is, you like you're Owen, and everybody knows who you are. So yeah, I don't know why you're surprised. <laughs> no, but it's like it's still weird. Like I still find it like strange too, because like for me, I don't I don't ever look at it as like um, there's like a hierarchy or like you know I'm very we're we're confident in what we do, hmm. but like I don't look at it as a opportunity for me to then take that and use it in the wrong way in so in a, oh, no, not, you know. not, not at all but like yeah it's just w weird i just find it weird like last night it was continuing on until like early hours mm -hmm. like you know it's just like <laughs> i just don't know what to say anymore yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah um but i'm very humble by it and yeah. i think it's great yeah. um but it's so crazy that that is the case because mm -hmm. like even when i went back to ireland um it's funny so my mom's family like they won't be listening to this so it'll be fine um but they're farmers so like my uncle's a farmer and he would never really understand that like you know you could do what say we've even done with mm. hair like the opportunities mm. that we've had and uh, i went back to ireland and it was my first night back there and i went out and in my hometown and uh it's just really random story i'm sorry to go off on a tangent but this kid like just ran over and w wanted like to take a photo with me because he was doing hair like doing barbering because like maybe three four people started cutting hair since i left from away and like my uncle was just like this farmer who just mm. spends most of his time by himself he's just like what is this like what's going on here but like this guy had followed like say my career since i came to australia um i didn't really have a career before that but he followed my career since <laughs> i came to australia and it's just mad like people can follow it anywhere in the world mm -hmm. And it's a click of a button. Like we've got um, Hilmi who listens to all of our stuff. Yeah, yeah. We got like this, like, he's basically like our biggest fan. He's a mega fan. <laughs> yeah. He's a mega fan. Yeah. yeah, so shout out to Hilmi. Yeah. He's always uh, giving us love. So, yeah. Um, but it's just mad, isn't it? It can bring you anywhere. Like so many opportunities. I, I, I think we have one of the 
probably one of the weirdest jobs in the world, A, in what we do, and I know you've spoken about this before, <laughs> it's a really weird thing, cutting hair. And, yeah. I, and I tell all of my kids that I'm like, this is the weirdest thing you will ever do in your yeah. life. You know, just picking up hair and then cutting it and knowing that it's attached to somebody and you're going to be touching them for the next half hour it is weird enough, right? And then I think with the advent of social media, because I'm old enough to have been around when it wasn't around, um, start putting stuff on Facebook. You know, I'm in LA doing work and um, at Sassoon and my mates are like, what are you doing over there? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing a hair show. And they're like, you got flown to LA to do hair. I'm like, well, yeah. You know, and, and that's how weird our job is. It's kind of yeah. like, we just get to do crazy shit yeah. and it's yeah. fun and yeah. it's weird and yeah. it's yeah. fantastic. You know, and people are constantly surprised at, you know, I guess where our careers take us and, and what we get to do. And, and you know, it's, to me, it's all about the fun aspect of it. Yeah, you know? 100%. Uh, I think we lose a bit of that though, don't we? I think it, it gets lost, the fun. Right? Because something that I struggle with is like keeping that element of this is weird. Because mm. like, it is, like it, it's an add-on to life, isn't yeah, it? Like it's totally. not essential to, to survive. No. Um, but but we normalise it so much and people believe that it's just a staple of surviving is getting mm-hmm. your hair cut. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just loses all its fun. I'm yeah. like, we're getting too serious about it now, it's guys. Basically ice, it's like ice sculptures. Like, yeah. You know, that, <laughs> it's going to melt again. Like, you know? yeah, exactly. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. that. That's like, it's unnecessary, yeah. but like we do it anyway. But, but that's <laughs> you know? a sign of how um, awesome it is to be here and like the privileges and where we've got to as humans, mm. you know, it's like an expression of how great, I heard this on Stephen's podcast is what we do is like an expression of how great it is to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what hair is. Yeah, like totally. it's the most ridiculous shit in the world, but that's how great it is. Like yeah. as humans, we've got to this point and it's we're so privileged to do this. Yeah. But you guys have taken control of it though. Like I, I, I've listened to your podcast and I, I've heard you yeah. say things in the past, especially about, you know, reducing the number of days and the number of clients that you do. And, and that's a that's a, a conscious choice to take control of, I guess, the, the fun aspect of, yeah. of what you do on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, I don't do a lot of clients now and that was my choice. Yeah. I've narrowed down my clients to a really, really small group of A, they're the people that I like doing. Yeah. And if I like doing them, then chances are I like the hair that I'm doing on them. And that's it. They, they've got to be fun for me. I think if a client walks through the door and it's not a person that I go, I can't wait to see you when you're about to walk through that door, then I don't want to do them, yep. you know, and I have that luxury, um, which is fantastic. Uh, so, you know, it is, it's retaining that fun element of my career and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a nice balance for me, which is. Yeah. I would say you've created that luxury instead of just having totally. it, you know. Totally. And I think that's, an, that's a really interesting um, place to look at it from because I feel like now I've created that luxury mm-hmm. for myself as well. So like now I only do like 10 clients a week, but I'm even getting sick of some of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I probably have to narrow it down a little bit more, you know, but like it's just a learning process every time you do it. Like, you know, it's just been a constant like filter to get to the point where I mm-hmm. want to like create my ideal working situation. Yep. But even when you do think, when you take the next step, there's always another step, mm. you know. Mm. It's funny because you think, oh, when I get here, I'll be happy then. Yep. But yep. then you get there and you're like, oh, fuck, how much freedom have I really created for myself here? Yeah, exactly. As soon as I started putting people on recurring bookings and then I realized, oh, fuck, I'm actually stuck in this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not really creating too much freedom here because yeah. these people expect me to be here every week at one o'clock on a Thursday. It's like, oh, my God. Well, you can, yeah. you can actually become a slave to your own freedom mm, and, and yeah. that, that it's a weird concept to get your head around but it, it, it's true it, it does happen and um yeah again I've, I've seen you guys sort of talk a lot about you know 
how you've actually changed your careers and what you do in the industry. And um, yeah, I, I think getting yourself to that point where you're choosing who you want to do, when you want to do them and how you want to do them is, um, I think unfortunately what we do in the industry is we teach the young the youngins and the little kids that, you know, you only get these privileges when you get to a certain point, mm, mm. you know, and, and to me, I think that's wrong. I think that's the first thing they should learn yeah. is, is how to actually create the career they want rather than to be the chair filler that you've talked about. You yeah. know, are you, are you filling a position in a shop yeah. kind of thing? We don't want kids to have that mentality of, okay, I have to be this here. And then after two years, I have to be here. And then after three, I have to be here. It's like, right, what do I want to be? And I can start working on that now and be that now yeah. rather than go, okay, well, I've got to go through all of this first yeah. to get to that point. You yeah. know? That's very limiting, isn't it? Yeah. It's very limiting. Mm. And it's our fault yeah. as it's the, the it's older generation. I, I say that, yeah, I say it all the time. It's, it's us that's done it. The mm. industry's done it to itself. We've totally. led people this way. And, but we're the only ones that can get ourselves out of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. <know>? yeah. <clears throat> we put ourselves in there. We can get ourselves out of it. Um, but that's one of the cool things about our industry, isn't it? You know, it's a creative expression. And mm. I think you should be able to do that with your whole life as well. You know? Yeah. Oh, look, it, totally. Express how you want to be through your work and how you want to build it and creatively think about it. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. I think having the ability to think critically about anything is like essential, you know, mm. having curiosity to like think about something in a different way. Yep. Um, and I think like that's probably the reason why I kind of got into education was to like be like, well, look, guys, I didn't go to barber school and mm. look what I can do. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. And like shout out to Biff, dude, who's over here behind the camera. Um, he's going to be our next guest in the, on the podcast. But like Biff, do joining our team coming straight out of like he hadn't finished his mm. certificate yet when he joined. And I've been saying it to him since he joined the team. I was like, you're going to be like the first person who leaves Biba Academy. And within like the first couple of months, like you will be put on like an education mm -hmm. style platform. Like nobody will have done that before. It's like, why can it not be done? You know, no, it, there it doesn't be. have to be like the two year blocks, like you said, because yep. that can actually <clears throat> limit you from like just in not even hair, but anything in life. Anyone yeah. who's watching this who might not even be doing hair. Mm. If you put them types of restrictions on yourself, you're actually holding yourself back. Yeah, 100%. You're putting yeah. a cap on. You're not allowing yourself to go left or right. Like you're just going straight yeah. up and down. Like there's no like room for mm. creativity or. No, no. And I guess when you look at um, career and longevity, like how, how many years are you in? I've been doing hair for about uh, coming up to seven years now. Seven. Okay. Yeah. And you're. So I, I didn't. Yeah, so yeah, I started educating probably halfway through my my hairdressing. That's when I stopped actually like doing floor clients every single day, mm. and I got into mm. full time education. And so you know, I've, I've done it for sixteen years, and and I guess we always look at our own timeline of, of progression. And mm. um, I'm kind of like your you know on a Friday afternoon when you look at your clippers and they start flashing, and you go, I've only got like one fade or half a short back and sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with my yeah. career. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got a few, <laughs> few glasses left. <laughs> it is. It, it, it's quite sad. I'm, I'm the flashing clipper on the station kind of thing. And you kind of think, you know, okay, well, I did that. I did that. I got there. I got there. And again, it's that, it's that limiting belief in your pathway that, you know, I've done all of this and that's how I've progressed. And it's kind yeah. of like, right, what's, what's next now? Well, that's really interesting. Something that um, it was a little conversation we were having last night. <clears throat> Late last night, one of the guys was saying, talking about Biftu doing the show last night. And they were like, oh, he really deserves it. And I'm like, he does deserve it. And then I said, but anyone who's got the balls to get up there and mm -hmm. do it actually deserves it mm -hmm. because it's rare. You know, when the, what we see, it's actually quite rare. Yeah. Like 
for, for us to jump up there like that, not many people have actually got the balls to do it. No, no so it's, I've, it's And hard. that's why I think we encourage it so much. Mm-hmm. It's like because you've got the balls to do it, you're deserving of it, and yeah. you could probably have a good crack at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, there's exactly. a lot of growth in it. Like, yeah. You know, in yeah. terms of like, think about like all of the, say, the praise and like people coming to Biftu and giving them that like praise last night like that can do a lot for somebody you know mm. for their self-worth mm. and confidence of course it can yeah and it can yeah. propel you in a completely different direction in your life yeah. like yeah. or your career yeah. it takes you away from just that mundane like feeling like a slave doing mm. haircuts behind the chair like yeah. kind of lifestyle you know? the thing the thing I love about getting back to the shop as well is like shop life is so much easier <laughs> you do a show like that and you know if the nerves are going through you and you're like ah I remember when you used to do competitions and shows and stuff and then you get back to the shop you're like oh this is easy a back to back day of clients yeah it's boring but it's like there's no pressure anymore <laughs> you yeah. develop yeah. a good autopilot you can get yeah. through it you know yeah. like but do you want to do that though? Like no, when, that's when, exactly, when you look at your career, exactly. I don't want to be autopilot. Yeah, you know? yeah. And sometimes it feels like that. You kind of think, okay, I can do this with my eyes closed. Ergo, where is my challenge? Where is my joy? And and how do I bring my passion into autopilot? It's so beautiful. You know, we, you we talk about that all the time. Like, yeah. you know, I, I I've witnessed myself doing it. When I'm in autopilot mode, I'm not really that present either. No, no, you know. I want to be so present in my life. Mm. I don't want to miss a minute. No, you, no, you can't. But when I'm in autopilot, I've got 15 clients for the day. I'm like, all right. Uh, autopilot is actually, that day's just gone. <laughs> like autopilot is designed to save you energy but it actually yeah. ends up in the long term draining you of energy, energy yeah. Yeah, it, does, you know, it, it actually does. takes the energy away from you like in it's terms solace. of in terms of new opportunities it keeps you in the same place yeah but like in terms of like exploring and discovering new pathways or like mm. different ways of living yeah it's completely mm. like yeah like detrimental actually because even now, like, I'm even thinking, fuck, what's, you know, Hannah asked me the other day, my partner, I probably mention her on every single podcast, but she's a big part of my life. She's obviously. got her own podcast, isn't um, it? She does, she does. <clears throat> um, but she asked me the other day, like, what do you really want, you know, like, what do you really mm. want? Like, what, if you could do anything, you know, you know, we all have this kind of master plan that, like, when I make this much money, then I'll do this, yep. you know? But, like, is the plan that we're working on right now, like, working towards that master plan? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, like, where we need to kind of figure out, okay, yeah. am I actually going towards that or not? But I, do I know what that even is? Mm-hmm. So when she asked me, what do you want? Like, when I'm actually at my happiest, it's when I'm, like you said, Johnny, at that point where I'm being challenged just enough mm-hmm. to the point where it's not overwhelming. Yep. But, like, I don't want to be, like, on autopilot either. So, yeah. like, somewhere yeah. between the two of them is, like, where I feel, like, I want to be if and if I had unlimited options to do whatever I want with my life I'd probably just learn like I said that to Hannah I was like what she was like what do you want I was like I just want to learn like I just mm. want to mm. grow what's in here you know mm. yeah and that, that what you're describing there is like the flow state equation isn't it like they talk about um how to get into flow state is kind of the intersection between the challenge and your skill set or mm-hmm. your skill level if the challenge is too much higher than your skill, it can become overwhelm. Yep. And if the challenge is too easy compared to your skill set, it becomes boring. Mm-hmm. So I think the sweet spot is sitting in the middle. And yep. yeah, that's, I think the other thing to lead on from that is like, what a, I guess 2022, like what a privileged time we live in. We have choices to be able to live in that zone in the middle. Like beautiful. Cause once upon a time, that wasn't always the thing. Yeah. You know? And you know what? I, I, I don't like the word, privileged right yeah. and, I, and i don't like the word entitled um because i've been called both um right. which kind of sucks it's like I, we were having a family dinner and um my brother was around and 
He goes, oh, you know, how are you doing with all of this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, kind of, it sucks that I, I can't travel. I can't, you know, mm-hmm. can't do the things that I used to do before, you know. And he's like, oh, poor you. You can't go to Bali for a holiday. And I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? And mm-hmm. he goes, oh, well, you know, it, it's your privileged lifestyle and you, you're missing out on it. And I'm like, but it, it's not privilege. It's sort of, you know, we grew up in the same household. We were immigrants. We were refugees. We, we came from the same background. Our DNA is exactly the same. And yet our outlook is so, like, polar opposite. And, um, yeah, to get called privileged by someone that I grew up with kind of mm. sucks. And you don't want to feel like you're entitled to your privilege, but mm. these are the things that I do and these are the things that I've, I've done for 30-odd years. I've travelled. I've been able to go overseas with my career, do all this crazy stuff. And this last two years... I haven't been able to do that mm-hmm. and, and it sucks and it's been yeah. really, really hard. Yeah. And now that things are kind of like opening up again and, you know, we're booking holidays, we're booking education interstate, that sort of thing, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what, screw it. If, if that's privilege and entitlement, then I'm going to own it because, yep. you know, I'm entitled to do those things because I work hard for them and, and I put my ass on the line every single day. And if that's the reward, then some yeah. people call it entitlement. I call it reward, you know. Yeah. And you've earned it, you know. Yeah. That's the, there's a difference. Yeah. Is like when you've earned it, it's different, you know. But people confuse that with privilege. Absolutely. And they go, you're privileged. I'm like, no, I'm not privileged. I just work hard. Yeah. You know, and the fact that they can't see the difference between those two is, um, yeah. yeah, it's quite scary. And it's tough, I think, when the when the things that bring you joy get taken away from you, mm-hmm. you know. That's yep. the other thing as well. It's like you spent your whole life, same with all of us, you mm-hmm. know. The, the things that brought us joy were taken away from us over the last yep. few years. That's yep. not an easy adjustment. No, no, it's, no matter it's how not like, huge. You know, yep. however strong you th- we are in the mind, it's not an easy adjustment. Mm. You, know? you know, and I think I'm a, I'm a bit of a meme junkie. I'd, I'd love a good meme. And um, <laughs> I read one that said, you know, we're, we're, um, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. But some of us are in dinghies and some of us are in yachts. And you kind of think that's so true. We are all in the same storm, but we're navigating through it in completely different ways yeah. kind of thing. You know, the, the pressures are still there. But, yeah, there are people in dinghies that are just kind of trying to paddle through and there mm. are other people on their $20 million yachts going, oh, I can't mm. see a problem with this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. And I think, you know, when we when we say, whenever I use the word privilege, I'm totally with you on that because I feel that from where I'm from as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like... That's why coming here to Australia and not knowing anybody and creating what I've created for my career here yep. is kind of like, fuck you. Like, I can do this without yeah, my mom being yeah. a hairdresser or without my family having money in the past, you know, like all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm totally with you there. But like, yeah, it, when it comes to the privilege, it's like when we speak about it, say generalized, it's kind of like, all right, the world is very like, we're at a point where it's like, we have ridiculous things like getting yeah. our hair done to this degree. Yeah. And, but that's you know, still the reward that almost the yeah. collective has yeah, put yeah. itself in, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean by it. It's like, we yeah, just happen to be here. You know? like, we, just yeah, happen, yeah. we just happen to be yeah. this generation. It's not our fault that yeah. we were born into this. No, no. You know, it's not the kid's fault these days that they're born with iPads when they come out. Yeah. You know, yeah. straight away, iPad, boom. iPad, yeah, for your first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> straight away adapting to the screens yeah. i think it's it, like when, when you say you know you, you came from like you, your family are, are farmers you know I, I come from a village that's smaller than Hindley street and now you know what Hindley street looks like you know how small my village was yeah you know yeah. and all my family were all like you know farmers and all that sort of thing so it's yeah it, it's a different perspective i think that yeah. we have when we when we're in somewhere like australia mm-hmm. and you kind of think you know yeah we do have all this privilege kind of thing yeah. you know but you recognize that because you're from somewhere else mm-hmm. I think we're we getting the wind up. Sorry, Biff Two's. Biff waving at us. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, what is your background, Johnny? Uh, Greek. Cool. Greek, cool. I'm from Cyprus. Yeah. yeah. 
So okay. I was I was born about two months before the war. Right. Um, we were refugees for a couple of years over there when the Turkish invaded, and then um, we were sponsored to come out here. Amazing. So yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, it's crazy times. Yeah. Have you gone back much? I've been back twice. So we did the pilgrimage when I was twenty-one. You know, the parents are like, "Do you want to party or do you want to go overseas?" And I'm like go overseas yeah. you know so I went back at 21 with my brother and yeah that, that was really really cool and once when I was I think it was eight okay cool um, yeah beautiful place stunning yeah. place yeah. yeah yeah I've never been to Greece actually yeah it's, I oh, oh I'm from Cyprus so yeah yeah. Cyprus yeah, yeah. Over, but yeah it's uh, yeah nice no, stunning yeah it's a big destination for people from the UK Cyprus yeah, a, lot a lot of people retired to like northern Cyprus yeah. Yeah. English and Russians oh yeah, really Texan. yeah they're, they're buying up unfortunately which is not yeah. good <laughs> Now they've got somewhere to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. So how did you actually end up getting into hair then? Like, you know, take us back to, to that. I, I actually, I started as a, an apprentice chef. Um, and then uh, my mum didn't like the idea of her daughter-in-law being at home on a Saturday night while I was, you know, in a restaurant. So um, got rid of the daughter-in-law first and then uh, got into hairdressing afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it was just my uncle just said, you know, do you want to come into the shop? And he had a barber shop. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I went into his barber shop and spent probably about six months there and then got into an apprenticeship after that and, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's funny how I started in barbering. And look, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but then, you know, after six months, I thought, nah, hairdressing is kind of more for me. And then years later, I sort of get rid of the hairdressing and got back into the barbering. Mm-hmm. Which was, um, yeah, it, it's a big change. It's very, very different. Um, I, I think one of the things that... I love about the two of you and what you do is the fact that you have a, a hairdressing background um, and it really, it's, it's totally different. I didn't think that barbering was going to be that much different to hairdressing. I just thought, okay, well, I'm on boys instead of girls. It's shorter hair, shorter appointments, but it, it, it's a whole different skill set and um, a whole different mindset as well. And, and that was probably the most surprising thing coming into barbering after so many years doing like, ladies' hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So when you say the village you're from is like a small village, whereabouts is that? Is it in South Australia still? No, 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 uh, Cyprus. Oh, so that's where, okay. Yes, yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm originally from. So then from, you yeah. came to Adelaide from there? Yeah, we came from to Adelaide there. from there, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. cool. cool. Yeah, so totally. you've, all, you've been in Adelaide most of your life? Yeah, yeah, most, most of, of my life. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. But, you know, it's, it's, it's at that same background, you know, that yeah. people over there have this weird concept of what we do. Yeah. Like, wow, you're doing that, it's crazy. Yeah, mad. And um, with, uh, so when you came to Adelaide then, were you in a salon for a, a while before you're now at like the Barbary, right? Crafted the Barber? Yeah. Were you at a salon first for many years or like how, yeah, did, yeah, how no. did your career kind of... Wait, it was, a, it was six months of barbering and then 30, 29 years of hairdressing in a salon. Yeah. Well. And then the Donny, the owner of um, uh, Barbary, we did our apprenticeship together. Nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were in trade school together and we were in the same class. And um, yeah, we sort of, we'd lost contact for years. And then he, he was going through the whole process of opening up um, Barbary as an RTO. And, um, you know, he rang us at uh, Parlour where I was working. He's like, oh, you know, we need a bit of advice on this and that. I'm like, yeah, sure, come on in. And um, yeah, we kind of just reconnected after 30 odd years there. And then um, I had a few changes in work. And then I, just, I literally, I'd rang him up one day. I just said, look, I, I want to get out of hairdressing and get into barbering and he's like come on in and then they employed me on the spot and that was that so awesome. it was sort of, the yeah, rest was, is history 
Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and look, we, we've done a lot of really cool stuff in the last couple of years. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. And like I said, it's very, very different. I mean, you know, barbering is a niche within a niche. You know, our hairdressing mm-hmm. industry is so small. And then you have barbering that kind of sits within that as yeah. well. It's, um, yeah, yeah it, it's very, very niche um, and yeah. very different. Yeah, it's almost like a little subculture within the hair industry, isn't it? They're all yeah. the little bubbles, like, you know. Um, and it's interesting, we kind of dip our toe in a few different places, or like we kind of get in amongst a couple of those different subcultures, I guess you could say. Um, but no, it's been awesome, like, even like since I came to Australia. I don't know if Barbary, how long has Barbary been? Uh, 2016. Now? 2016, yeah. It would have been around the time that I arrived then, that yep. it was kind of being founded and started. So. Yep. I've been able to follow the journey of that as well. And like what you guys have been doing is great. Um, fantastic. I met you guys, I think, for the first time at like some of the awards. Yeah, yeah. And the competitions and the stuff. Awards, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember like and Anthony was um, doing the competitions and stuff for the first time. That's when I kind of got to know you guys. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, we were on the Andes team and stuff like that together. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome just to, to follow you guys' journey. Yeah. Oh, look, it, it, it's an interesting journey. Like I look at last night at the show and, um, you know, half the audience were our students. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's like, right, you're in class, you're in class, you're in class, and you're in class, see you all Monday morning. Don't get too trashed tonight, please. <laughs> yeah. It's mad, isn't it? You know, and that, that's how tight and small the industry is, especially in South Australia because we're yeah. obviously you know, yeah, a lot yeah. smaller than Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you'd probably notice it in Victoria as well. You know, it's like I said, it, it's that niche within a niche. You mm. know everyone kind of thing and it's... Um, is it as tight knit over there? I would say it's yeah, yeah. It would be. There's not as many like. There's not too many events. Mm-hmm. I guess for you guys, you you have the, you have the college and the RTO, and yep. you know the students come there, and that's kind of like the hub, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you know they come from maybe different shops where they're placed, yep. and then they come and that's their hub. But mm-hmm. we don't really have that, mm. um, not yet anyway. There's no more really like that. Um, mm. But when we do the events and stuff, yeah, people yep. come together. Um, but there's always you know. There's always a bit of division as well. Yeah, you know, there's, you'll yeah. get that everywhere. Yeah, like, is that somewhere you're going to take yourself with down the RTO track? Don't know. Not sure if it's something that like really interests me too much. Yep. Um, as I'm sure you can probably imagine. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it's something that really interests uh, us too much. You know, we're 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 toying with the idea at the moment of like providing the network as an extra learning resource for RTOs. Mm-hmm. Um. And we're, we're testing that out at the moment with, with the Barber Academy and, yep. and the Gold Coast. We're seeing how that kind of runs. And then we might offer that then to more RTOs if they find it successful. Mm-hmm. But for us, we really want to make sure that it's like right, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, the RTO route, I don't I don't know if I, if I would be really that interested in it. Yeah. It would require a much bigger team than just the two us two. Yeah. And then it's about finding the right team that can, you know, get our vision across mm-hmm. in the right way, yep. deliver it accordingly, yeah. have that kind of same enthusiasm and, and motivation. And Yeah, well, look, in some ways you're kind of, well, I don't think it's blessed, but you're blessed in that you don't need a qualification to work as a barber in Melbourne. Mm, you know? True. You do it here, yeah? You, you uh, yeah, South Australia and New South Wales are the only ones that have legislation that require you to hold your certificate to wow. work in a shop. Um, no other state does. So I know Queensland doesn't, Tassie, Perth. Wow. Um, yeah, you don't need a, a qual. Mad, isn't it? Which is which is crazy. It's like it, it's a it, it's a skill set that you know it, it takes a while to master, and yet. Yeah, it should be. It should really be a, a thing by now. You know, yeah. like yeah. people should have the qualification. I actually got mine 
for my uh, when I had to do my visa application. Okay. I got my sort of three. Yeah. As it like RPL. Yep. Um, but yeah, I had to tell a few white lies, you know, to get it. <laughs> but like, I was able to do all of the things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, arguably, I did kind of fast track my mm-hmm. career to a degree. Yep. Um, the first year I was cutting hair, I, I was doing like 70, 80 haircuts a yeah. week, you know. Yeah. Like flat out, like just absorbing everything, like just going mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and running my own business. So I got a lot of experience in that first year, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that kind of almost, my mom owns a salon, she's owned a salon for over 30 years. And at the end of it, she was like, yeah, I think you're kind of like reasonably qualified now but i couldn't shave i couldn't yeah. do all of these things but yeah. i've never had to yeah you know it's interesting like i've never actually had to like to shave or you know i've been in a few of the rto kind of meetings mm-hmm. with the hairdressing council and that and there's there's always you know a few people saying oh you're not a barber if you can't shave and it's like well all right I, i've got my qual like yeah. i'm gonna say that i have my qualification as a barber i can't i can shave but physically, I can't do it. Like whenever I put a razor to somebody's face, I actually feel like gagging. Yeah, I don't want you to know? do it. Like I, I just don't want to go anywhere nah, near the neck nah, with the razor. Yeah. Like, no. like here you know, <laughs> and here. Uh, yeah, no way. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can do a head quite easily. Yeah. That's like that's relaxing. Yeah. But as soon as you get to that razor on the face, I'm like, nah. I know it's it. like, have you ever heard of a trimmer? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And a foil. And a foil? <laughs> it's way safer. Well, like, what? I mean, what can we do with a blade that a Max Re can't do? You know, yeah, these exactly. guys are like now saying, oh, well. They don't get it close enough. I'm like, well, yeah, because yeah, you yeah. got five blades on your razor. Yeah, I got exactly. one. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like. yeah, and it's way more dangerous. There's so much more room for human error. Yeah. Imagine yeah. one of them days you are on autopilot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I just see nice. shaving as like a relaxation piece now. Yeah. It's a bit of pampering, yeah. a bit of relaxation. Yeah. Like, it's not necessary, really. You know? No, it's, it's like a woman's blow dry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Over the Adam's apple gets me. A good, yeah. No, no thanks. Yeah. You know when people have the real sharp one, the pointy one? No thanks. No. No, thank you. And that's, um, look, that, that's my biggest focus at school. Um, one of the things that I always talk about with um, my boys and girls, I call them my kids, is do something for your client that they can't do at home. Yeah. Give them an experience that they can't do themselves at home. And, you know, if it happens to be a shave, because some people are hopeless at shaving, then it's a shave. If it happens to be, you know, this really cool haircut or this blow dry, then that's cool. But if it's something that they can't do at home, then to me there's value in that. Yeah. But if they can do it at home or anywhere else at a cheap price, then I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, can't bothered. You yeah, know, it, it, it's got to be a value to the person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. but yeah, mad. I think um, it's an interesting space, like teaching people from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, like I did have a slight experience of it over lockdown. I gave it a crack. You know, I, I brought a friend of mine in, and we kind of I tried to show him how to, mm. to cut from scratch. You know, holding the comb, holding the scissors. Yeah. And I, it brought me back to remembering when I first started holding the comb mm. and holding the scissors. And I was like, bloody hell. Actually, I did a one-on-one with a guy last week and he was left-handed. Oh, wow. And I picked up his scissors and I tried to do it the other way around. And it literally brought me back to like when I first started. Yeah. It literally felt like, I was like, oh my God, this is <laughs> backwards. Like, I just can't do yeah. it. You know? Um, so for me, that equaled a lot of like frustration mm. on my end. I was just like, oh, I just wasn't getting the quite quite enough of the A to B yeah. type of feeling that I get. Because yeah. um, when I was cycling, what I loved about cycling was the training process. You mm-hmm. know, you have a thing on your program, A to B, get, tick the boxes, get the job done, yeah. happy days, dopamine, 
off I go like <laughs> sleep, sleep well at night but I just found that hard um, and it takes a different type of skill set doesn't it like doing totally. what we do like the upskilling yeah. versus like starting people from, from yeah. scratch yeah um, what would you say are the main differences between the two look I I, um, I have a, a lot of problems with the industry at the moment like a truckload and we could be here for the rest of the day talking about them and I don't want to Great. but let's do it we've got some time we've got some time <laughs> but when I see hairdressers calling themselves um, educators, like that really, it, it rubs my goat. Because at the end of the day, you're not, to me, an educator is somebody that can take someone from A to Z. Most hairdressing educators take them from about the L mark or the mm. M mark and they go from there. You know, they're, they're teaching people that already have a massive grasp of every single concept in hair. And all they're doing is just kind of like adding to their repertoire, whereas an educator for me is someone that can grab that kid from day one that literally doesn't know how to hold a pair of scissors or a comb and start their journey from there. And, you know, maybe that's my personal gripe because I'm an RTO teacher mm. rather than, um, you know, I was doing seminar work for years and years before I got into RTO work. Mm. Um, so that was a huge difference for me kind of going, okay, well, now I've got to grab someone from the A point rather than the halfway mark mm. and, and onwards. So, yeah, the, it is a different skill set and you've got to have – I think a lot more patience. Um, you've also mm. got to be a lot more nurturing as well. Because um, like I said earlier, picking up hair on a person's head is weird, you yeah. know, and, and then knowing how to pick it up and, you know, hold it the right way and knowing why you do all of those things, but trying to get that across to people is, mm. um, yeah, it, it, it's quite a specific skill set. And I've seen a lot of amazing hairdressers that can't teach yeah. because that they don't have that ability to break down a task into its components and then deliver them and then put them together for someone yeah you know and and that's i guess the the key difference between do we call them educators in the industry seminar workers well this is the thing right educators? like sharers. that's a really it's actually a really good like, sharers they just sharers. Share. <laughs> well, that's the thing i actually if i don't know if you noticed but on my instagram bio recently i've changed like i took a lot of the titles off it because mm-hmm. you kind of just fall, fall into this like yeah educator role yeah. you know like I, I someone gave you that title yeah <laughs> you know, basically like, yeah. Well, basically yeah. like i was in the industry yeah. for two years and all of a sudden you're now part of the andes global education team it's like mm. okay but like i'm not an educator mm. what does that mean what is an educator yeah you know like yeah because i don't know or my teachers in school were they educators because mm. i didn't learn much from them yeah um but then it's like i just think about it like if you yeah to get back to my point on my bio I've now put like sharer of like of life and hair <laughs> or like coach. Yep. Like, like it's, we're more coaches, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're kind of coaching people from a certain mm-hmm. point to a certain yep. point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, somebody once said to me, I think it was actually Gay from Andes about like the teaching side of things. It's like you almost have to teach people in a, such a way where it's like breaking it down to the point where it's like if you had to teach someone how to brush their teeth from mm-hmm. scratch. You know, yep. like why do you put the water on the toothbrush? Like mm. why do you put uh, that amount of paste mm. on the toothbrush? Like yeah. all these little things um, that a lot of people just skip out. Because mm. for a lot of people, it's very indulgent. You know, it's a very indulgent thing for them to do. Like they yeah. say, I'm an educator, but yeah. really all you want to do is show your work off. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just yep. want to show how, yep. off how good you are and get praise for it. Yeah. It's a very indulgent thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a big difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's and why I got rid of my Instagram. Yeah, I was, I, 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 I was going to ask you that before we started, but I, yeah. I, I, I slipped my mind. We got busy talking about ourselves, probably. But I was looking for you to tag you for all these events. Yeah. Where's Bam Bam the Barber going? Yeah, no, he's, he's That's gone. That's why I asked he's you gone. that last he's night. Because <laughs> someone else said, oh, what's, what's Johnny's Instagram? 
was like, I think he deleted it. I was yeah. like, I'll go and ask him. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you have yourself to blame because it was on the back of, I can't remember which podcast it was. <laughs> your fault, mate. When, yeah, it's your <laughs> it's fault. Your fault. Don't drop it, don't drop it, no You're destroying the industry. Yeah, one person no, you're, you're, you're podcast killing us all. <laughs> <laughs> they're dropping like flies. <laughs> Fuck. So if you can't find me on the socials, blame him. Um, you know, because you mentioned it. You were talking about your bio and what you wrote about yourself. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take it a little step further and just get rid of the whole fucker. <laughs> See you later. Fuck it up completely. Start again. <laughs> this is just me tooting my own horn and putting up photos of my own hair. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Mm. So bang, it's gone. Yeah, I know. It's like I really struggle with all of the kind of title stuff now. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I went and uh, I won't mention any names, but we went and did like a couple of over the past few weeks. I've had to do a couple of introductions. You know, like introduce yourself to, yeah. to everyone, and it's like oh, I'm just I I'm just one, and I'm a curious human. Like you know, like <laughs> yeah. can I not say yeah. anything else? Like I don't want to. I don't want to tell you about like I did this and I did this person's hair and I did that because that doesn't mean like. It doesn't add up to like who I am as a person, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like I can take all of that, like now, knowing what I know now, I could take all that stuff away and I'd still mm-hmm. be just as happy. Yeah, totally. I'd be totally. fine yeah. without any of it, yeah. you know, yeah. take it all. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm actually testing myself with attachment, like giving stuff away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care. That's why last night, like, we'll, we'll make such jokes, like, you know, about yeah. Lee, two-time barber the year. Like, we'll just almost go Jim Carrey on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's fun when when you can look at it like that way. It's almost a little bit of fun. Yeah, look, it, it, hey, well, it's it's got to be fun. Yeah, know, but, um, yeah. I think bit... Jake was another instigator for me. Jake, because yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I would. I always looked at his profile. I'm like, you know, followed by seven thousand people, follows three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like hey, you follow three people. I look at the people that he actually follows. I'm going, okay, cool. I'd follow those three people too, you know. But then he, he gets into his stories, and he's like, you know, it, it, it's all about eliminating the white noise. And da, da, da. I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, most of social media and all that bullshit is white noise. And oh, it's, yeah. We, all we, it takes is two buttons to delete and get rid of the white noise. And that's literally what we great. Call it, yeah. yeah, it's really yeah, really yeah. good. No, it's, honestly, it's been like, and this is the thing. I think it's trying to distinguish the difference between unfollowing people and mm. muting people and yep. actually being friends with them in real life. Yeah. Mm. Like I think if people can really distinguish the difference between the two of them things and like be okay with it, mm. I think it's okay. Yep. Like for for me, like I ninety percent of my feed is probably muted, mm-hmm. maybe more. And you know, these days I yeah, I follow someone back. Yeah. Just out of like you know, because mm. I know that it might make somebody feel yeah. good if I follow them back. Yeah. If yeah. we've had a connection. And that if, follows you know, me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it might be like, it just might be a nice thing, you know. They yeah. might be like, oh, that's actually really nice. You follow me back. But like 90% of the time I will mute you straight away. Like <laughs> so I you follow and mute. I wow. follow and mute. And it's just like, because I'm very protective of like my energy. Yeah. Like I look at my energy like it's an yeah. iPhone battery, you know. Yeah. And like if I'm waking up in the morning and the first thing I'm seeing is something that I don't need to see. Mm-hmm. It's just taking away from the opportunities and that flow state that I want to be in, it's yeah. taken away from that because yeah. it's just, it's just yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Um, but what it does though is it, it makes you like, it, it gives you an extra task in your day and that, that task is to make a concerted effort to contact, um, connect and reach out more. So when you remove an avenue of your social media, just even just the one, um, 
then you kind of have to rely on the other ones that little bit more. And, you know, after getting rid of um, that account, um, my photography account is all people from overseas. So it's very few people that are in Australia. Um, so it's all about the work that I do photography-wise. So it's now relying on, I guess, my Facebook as my point of contact for um, people and, you know, obviously the phone and, mm. and the real mm. world and phone calls and that sort of thing. And I, I kind of I have the other curse where I don't like people um, Unfortunately, which kind of sucks. It's really bad for a barber to say that. You know, we're in an industry where people are our livelihood. And, you know, I I just, I I don't, I have, I get a lot of social anxiety and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, COVID has been one of those things. It's been fantastic because everybody's like, oh, you know, how were you in ice? And I'm like, fucking loving life. Yeah. I don't like people. So it was fantastic to have a real reason not to see them. Yeah. You know, and... I just explained that on the last podcast that just came out today. I talk about um, friendships. I don't find... I find it hard to build friendships. Yep. Not not because, like, I think the thing that makes... I say on the podcast, people annoy me. And I don't think it's, it's not because I don't like them. It's because I'm really sensitive to energy. Yeah, really totally. freaking sensitive. Totally. But I'm yeah. like, if there's something I'm not getting, I'm like, oh, just mm. fucking annoyed. And then it's it stops me from making that initial connection. Yep. And a lockdown was great for me. Yeah. Like, mm. I, yeah, I, we, 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 we come and clients are asking me, oh, I had a lovely time. We loved it. <laughs> I had a lovely time. It that's, was like, that's life quite design. Yeah. 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 And it that was literally, literally life yeah. design. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 The only person I had to talk to was Owen, which yeah. is... <laughs> That was annoying in itself, but you, know. to to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I had my purpose every day. We were building out the network. Yeah. Um, oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Like it, first time it like, in a long, long time mm. that I'd experienced that. Yeah. And it makes you realize you go, Oh wow. Yeah. It's yeah, funny, it's a lot of noise in life. We're just like, we almost have to switch off like who we are in this industry sometimes mm-hmm. to like give to everyone else. Yep. Like we're in service to everyone, yep. like but ourselves. Yeah. Yep. It's a very at outward, times. At times. outward yeah. thing. Not always, but at times. And, and like, I've realized, like, when I think back to my childhood, we were thinking about this or talking about this earlier. When I um, think back to my childhood, like, I used to love just being by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd spend hours just, even if it was just organizing things and cleaning my room or, yeah. like, taking the whole thing apart and putting it back together, but listening to music and being by myself when I'm doing that. And, like, lockdown kind of brought me back to, like, that kind of, like, I guess introverted kind of state. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, I don't, again, not putting labels to myself or anything, but... Mm-hmm. I am an introverted extrovert. Like I have mm-hmm. extroverted characteristics. Same. Like yeah. you know, and to do what we do yeah. requires you to do that. Yeah. Like, but if you saw what happened last night and you saw the way, like you know, that we delivered the show or whatever, you'd say, "Oh, that guy's an extrovert." Like, you know, but I'm not. I don't get ener- I don't need other people for mm. energy. Mm. I'm okay by myself. Yeah. I, look, I, I'm I'm socially totally socially awkward, and I have a, a couple of different ways of dealing with it. I either get there really early if I if I got to go somewhere. I'll get there really early, scope the place out, find my little nana chair, find my little areas, find my groups, <laughs> and I'll have everything kind of in place before the evening really kind of kicks mm. off and that makes me comfortable. Or I'll get there really, really late knowing that my friends are going to be there. They've established all of those, you know, social norm groups and everything and sorted themselves out and I can just come in late and just mm. slot into one yeah. of those and be just as comfortable. But last night I didn't have the option of coming late because I was up first. Yeah. So I came in early and I'm like, right, I'll set myself yeah. up and yeah. get yeah. myself all nannered and ready for the mm. evening. And, and that's how I've learned to deal with my social anxiety and kind of awkwardness and mm-hmm. dislike of people, mm. which is really weird. Yeah. No, it's cool because I, 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 I feel like I'm actually like, that's resonating a lot with me right now because 
I kind of probably feel that way too. I'm early for everything. Mm-hmm. If I'm not early, like half an hour early, I'm fucking wigged out. Yep. You know, and Hannah, like she's, I love her. She's great. But, uh, geez, she pushes me sometimes. She knows <laughs> she does too. Like, <laughs> she'd be like, oh, it's fine. We'll be fine. We're like, we'll leave. We're always like leaving the house 15 minutes after, yeah. like when I'd love to be leaving, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, it just heightens me. Though. It's but one of my biggest me, frustrations. It puts me in a really heightened state and then it yeah. just takes away from it the whole kind of, but then maybe it's like, oh, fucking hell on, just relax a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Everything's going to be fine. It happened like that because it was meant to happen. It's almost going full Peter Crone on it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you also live in Melbourne where, um, you know, being late is just part and parcel of living in a big city. Whereas in Adelaide, it takes, you've seen, it takes five minutes to get anywhere. So you have yeah. the option of choice. You can choose to be either early, on time or late, depending yeah, yeah. on how messed yeah. up you are in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's cool to be late, you know? Yeah, yeah, you can be fashionably late too, yeah. you know? Not if, you're, not if you're one of our clients, you can't be late. That's, yeah. that's not cool. I fashionably cancel. That, that's, that's one that I, I, <laughs> I fight. <laughs> really sorry, I can't make it tonight. And, and again, that, that, that's a me thing and it causes, a, doing that causes a lot more problems, yeah. obviously, longer term because you miss out on those, you know, the building of your relationships and that sort of thing in your social mm. network. But um, again, it, it's part and parcel of knowing who you are and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think one of the things that for me, if so, you, you know how they say, if you could go back X amount of years and do whatever, learning the skill of being um, present is really, really important. And that's the, the one thing that we try and do every single day is try and teach our kids that wherever you are, be there so that when you're not there and you're somewhere else, then you're somewhere else, you know? And it, it sort of really saves a lot of head fuck a lot of the time when, you, when your brain's kind of scattered throughout your whole life and you don't know how to be present, then yeah, you, you end up with a lot more kind of social disorders and anxieties and that kind of thing, you know? And it's, it's a skill that I wish I'd learned a long time ago as opposed to, you know, getting to my 40s and learning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that we, we got taught when we were young and in, yeah. in barber or hairdressing school. You know, we didn't get taught those life skills. Mm-hmm. We just got taught how to do hair, how to keep a client, how to sell retail to that client yeah. and then how to rebook them. Yeah. You know, and that was our job. You yeah, know, sell yeah. retail, rebook and make your figures and make sure that they come back in six weeks otherwise you don't have a job yeah. kind of thing. We didn't get taught every other skill that goes along with what we do. And, um, you know, and that, that I think has... It, it's caused me problems because it, it's gotten me to a point where, you know, I'm here and I'm kind of learning the things now that I, I wish I'd learned years ago. But the good thing is I'm also teaching those skills, mm. you know. So getting kids that are at that sort of that A part of their education going, okay, well, this is what's going to happen to you in your career. This is what, what potentially could happen to you. You need to be prepared for this. You need to be prepared for that. You need to have these skills so you can cope with all of these mm. things. 100%. You know? I, I love that because... Like that, our angle in what we do is kind of pushing towards that too. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of, you know, the aesthetic and the cool stuff. It kind of ropes people in initially, mm. but when you're in with us, it's deep. Like, yep. you know, we're getting straight to the deep shit, and it's yep. like, all right, enough of this being cool stuff. Like, it's not even about that. Yeah, we don't even care about that. Yeah, but like, learn from our mistakes. Mm. I love that you're not about hair. Yeah. To to me, I I don't see you guys as um, you know, hair educators. Yeah. You know, there's there's so much more. Hair is obviously the we medium that you use. It's, it's, we do it. But there's like, so much yeah. more to we, what you do. We look at it as like hair's the door. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. bring you to the door. Once you open the door, 
all right, you're in now. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. taking you deep down. The yeah, road exactly. And you guys are like the the 32 acre plot of land kind yeah. of thing. There's so much more to to what you do, and I, I think that's really really important now. And mm. I think you guys are you guys are, you've come in at a really really good point. Um, I, I guess in the evolution of the hair industry yeah. and the evolution of yeah. the, the the people as well. You know, you're, you're at a really, really good point to yeah. change what's going on in our industry because it sucks at the moment. Yeah. It's a real shithole. It kind of does. And it's, it sucks. What sucks about it is it sucks for the people and what over time, I guess, we've all allowed the industry to become mm-hmm. like without... But it's, it's not even... It is our fault and it's not our fault, in my opinion, because when you're unconscious to it, you're unaware yep. of it. Yep. You can't really be your fault because yep. you're just unaware of it. Yeah. But when you do become conscious of it and then it still allow it to happen, then it's our fault. Mm. Well, somebody was conscious of it at some point while you were Absolutely. unconscious of it. So yeah. somebody is to yeah, blame. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it may not Absolutely. be you that was going through at that yeah. same time, but somebody on the same sphere as you traveling that same path they were conscious of yeah. it and they created it mm-hmm. and you were unconscious of it and you're just kind of like okay well this is what's happening but that's the person that made it you yeah. know and we can we can sit here and point to a few of those people that have made it that way and absolutely you know, yeah. i just think of i just think of industry factories like blowing smoke you know and like yeah. let's just fucking make money like, yeah. yeah let's go yeah and that's it and it relates back to what you said a minute ago we just haven't put the human stuff first enough no. you know it's all no. been about the numbers and the yep. can you rebook a client and can you do their hair as well and can you yeah. get them back and can you sell them a product yep. that's all the outwardly business aspects of yeah. it but what about the human that's not stuff? what it's about we wake up as a human first yeah. every yeah, day exactly. um, you know? and i love that you're bringing that to your kids yeah. too it's brilliant like that's the shit because you bulletproof them then Oh, totally. And that, then they can take that be. shit anywhere. Yeah, And that's yeah, why exactly. we encourage it. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be hair that you do. The stuff that we help you with bulletproofs you for all sorts of stuff. Yep, you yep. Know? exactly. Yeah, like you can leave, like we will, if, if you're thinking about leaving the hair industry and it's really not for you, like we will encourage that. Mm. Yeah. Totally. You know, we won't try to like turn somebody back around yep. and be like, yep. no, like yep. this is what you got to do because yeah. hair is yeah. life, you know, like yeah. no way. Like it's definitely not yeah. life. No. Quitting like, the winners. Yeah, like to be honest. <laughs> I love that one. Quitting the winners, yeah, it is, it is. And like, it's so weird like coming to this show last night I was saying to Leo I was like I don't even know if I fucking, I don't even really want to do a haircut like because mm. that's not what last night was about yep um, but then it's like yeah every fucking few weeks the vision is changing slightly you know yeah. it's maneuvering <laughs> it's kind of changing like you know even compared to when we started doing the reconnect shows up to where we are mm. now um, and then I'd love to, like, we're going to have Jake on the podcast at some point and I can't wait to have a chat with him mm. about, like, his views because he's doing a show, I think, at Hair Festival or okay. Barber Expo. He was supposed to um, at Barber Expo called Do Less, I think it was called. Nice. That'll be cool. You know? Yeah. And, like, just about doing less and how that's actually more beneficial for you than, like, what we've initially been brought up on mm. is, like, doing more. And that's just my presumption of what he was going to share. Mm. But, like... That's very powerful. Yeah. You know, doing less but doing the right things. Yeah. And we're not giving, as humans these days, we don't give ourselves enough room to, or space to actually process everything that f- that's fucking going on. No. What is actually really going on? Like, hmm. no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I think the stats stand at the minute. I think in a day, you will consume more information than somebody would in in the whole year. Is it a hundred years ago? Hundred years yes. ago. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's fucking. A whole nuts. year. That's yeah. mental. Yeah. Like, yeah. where does all that shit go? Yeah. And how is that actually affecting our unconscious? Yeah, it's, it, you know? it, it, it's <laughs> in there, and it, it's it's spinning around, and it's. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this on the on the way home last night. Um, 
Like if somebody asks you for your advice now on the industry mm. and then they'd ask you what your advice would be five years ago and 10 years ago and in my case 15, 20 and 30 years ago, you know, my advice will be completely different. And, yeah. and I look at the advice that I give my kids now and I kind of think it's different to what it was five years ago mm. and totally different to what it was 10 yeah. years ago. And it, it's, just, it's really interesting to see how, how that advice changes because we're in a position where we're entrusted with people's education essentially and, you know, we have a massive responsibility to be able to take that person, teach them a skill but then, you know, teach them how to navigate that skill in, in their mm. world as well. And, um, yeah, my advice has changed completely. You know, a lot I, of the I love don't do it. I'm going to take a toilet <laughs> break. Just, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, right. guys. You can have a yarn there for yeah. a sec. That, that takes a massive amount of awareness as well. Like, I love that point. I look at, like, life like that as well. That's a quality of leadership right mm -hmm. there. I always, I look at therapy, like, if you go to a psychologist or therapist, I really feel like, I, I look at it like that over time, help is very, or advice is very time sensitive. Yep. What like exactly like you said, what we might have needed five years ago or ten years ago hmm. isn't the stuff that we might we need now. Yeah, and it might not be the stuff we need in another five years time. No, no but, exactly. But right now, as a as a great leader, we need to be able to have the awareness to see it and to adjust to it and, hmm. and help those generations move forward. Yeah, yeah. to have the best life it's, that they can. Like you said, we are responsible for their education. We're also responsible for like a part of their lives too. Oh, totally, totally. You know? I mean, you know, the good thing I guess about what we do is. Um, like I said earlier, you know, you put on Facebook that you're in LA doing this or you're in Malaysia doing this crazy hair show with, you know, 300 people or whatever. And, you know, it's sort of it, our, our career takes us to all of those places. But, you know, is that necessary? And, and I look at a lot of that stuff now and I kind of think, you know, wow, yeah, it was fun at the time. And, um, you know, at the end of last year, I, um, like I said, I got rid of my Instagram and, yeah. um, I decided to stop competing and yeah. doing all that sort of stuff. And yeah. a lot of my kids were like, you know, oh, what, why did you decide to stop? And I'm like, it's just like I'm over it. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. you kind of think, why was I doing it, yeah. you know, to get that trophy and hold the door open kind of thing? That's it. I've, I've had to readjust my mindset on it. Um, it's, it's in, competition has been an interesting one for me because it's been an anchor point in my career. Mm -hmm. I've always been quite competition driven. I did a lot of sports growing up and um, – when the first salon that I ever worked in, they were big into competitions. They were in a British Hedrison team. And I think that's one of the, it was the anchor point. Mm. You know, I didn't really care for the glamour. I was yeah. like, oh, there's a competition. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just going to try and get good at this yeah. and, and do that. But now, you know, I've gone through that whole thing of mm -hmm. just being like, now nah, this sucks. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Why would I just, you know, try and please a certain type of person in yeah. a certain, with a certain amount of things at that moment in time. Um, and, I just look at it as a marketing piece now. It's a look, great marketing piece, you know. If, if it is like we're saying, we're trying to drag someone to the door. If that award helps with that, great. And and yep. like with yourself, you know, all the shows, all the editorial stuff that you've done, it helps now with your yep. passion. Yeah, photography, lovely. Yeah, people are going to yeah. trust you have that social proof now. Yeah, exactly. And they trust that. Yep. And I, I've just got like it's that's not easy to do. I've got to remind myself all the time of why I do that, you know. Yeah. And like last night when Owen's like, Oh, here's two time barber of the year, I was in my head, I'm like, I actually <laughs> don't <laughs> care, you know. But it, it's the marketing piece for me. It's yeah. like if that puts more eyes on us to share our message, then, then great, you know? it opens yeah. up a few ears, doesn't it? Like yeah. people start listening more yeah. when you have a few like yeah. to, to a degree. And I think in, yeah, in it's sad, it's sad, yeah, but it's kind of bollocks. It really it is. is. Yeah. Like, it is. It I tell my kids to compete for one reason and one reason alone. I say, A, don't do it for the industry. 
because the industry will forget about you as soon as you stop winning trophies. Yep. That's just yep. the nature of the industry. So the only reason that you guys need to compete is it makes you look at your work differently and it makes you like hone and refine your skill. Yep. And if, if you get that out of competition work, even mm. if you don't win a fucking trophy, like yep. big deal. Yep. You, you've actually like, you've, you've honed your craft and you've really, you know, you look at this haircut, you look at it from every single angle and you're kind of like, okay, well, how's that going to shoot? And how's that going to read? And it yeah. really makes you refine your physical skill. Yeah. And then the sense of pride that you get at the end of that when you yeah. get that photo back from your photographer, yeah. to me, that's, that's the cool stuff and that's what I want my kids yeah. to learn. Yeah. Yes, if they enter and they get a prize and yada, 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 it's, you know, it's great. I mean, at the end of the day, I've only got two doors in my house. It's the front one and the back one, right? So any more than two trophies is kind of useless. (laughs) (laughs) I love um, Jamie Ferland um, helped me a lot with my mindset around like the photograph work and the Mm -hmm. awards because we we had him on the podcast and we, I I think he said it on the podcast, we asked him, why why does he keep doing it? Why do you keep? doing the shoots and he put it beautifully it was like it's just like a it's a, it's a mind dump for him hmm. once a year he's like i just collect up all these ideas and i put it yeah. out there yeah and he was like obviously his skill set and taste levels got to a point where mm-hmm. it's like award worthy work yeah. right like it's gonna be nice whatever he does yeah. but he was like it's not really about the win anymore no. he was like it's just a nice point i loved what he said it was a marker in time mm-hmm. as well yep. you know you'll, you'll look at that a certain collection and go yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that that was that yeah. was where I was right there, and that makes sense, yeah. you know. And you can look at the growth from there. And um, I, I love that that's been passed to me because I actually helped somebody else with that. Um, Mama West in Melbourne, do you know Mama West Sheridan? Yeah. Anyway, she's a great hairdresser. Shout out to Mama West. I uh, can't wait to see the work that you put out this year. But she asked me a couple of little tips and tricks on that kind of stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I said was that exactly that, Yeah, this was going to be our first shoot. And she was all tied up and, Oh, what is this? What is this? And a lot of it was around if it was going to be good enough and is it going to win? And mm. are people going to like it? I said, mm. forget all of yeah. that. Yeah. Make this about you. Yeah. It's a marker in time. What are you trying to say with mm. it? Make that message really strong, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and just, I, I, I said, because once you've done it, I said, I guarantee next year you're going to want to do another one. Yep. This isn't the only shoot you're ever going to yeah. do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really nice way to look at it. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with it now, whether it wins or not, whatever. You know, naturally, yeah. as you progress, the, the taste level and skill level is obviously going to be award worthy. Um, well, look, look I, I'm, I'm of two minds with that. I kind of like, I think I, I really started my creative stuff when I went to um, Parlour. Um, yeah and Robert awesome Barber, salon. I remember them when yeah. I lived in Adelaide like 10 years ago yeah, yeah they're, great they're fantastic yeah. you know yeah. and Robert and Karen I just they are to me they are like I, I consider them my gods of hairdressing because what they do is it's really cool um it's client-centric they don't do it for the industry um and they, they taught me a couple of things and every time I, I do a shoot I've always got them in the back of my mind and it's like don't enter to win because mm. you've lost already yeah you know and do what you love and don't be attached to the outcome. And there are yeah. two things that I, I remember from them. And it, it always sticks with me. Uh, you know, do what you love. Put it out there. If people like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. It doesn't mean it's bad or it's no, good. exactly. You know? And I, I I have a real problem with shaving bits off and leaving tendrils and do, just doing weird shit that you kind of think, okay, yeah, it's great and it's beautiful and it's an amazing picture, but does the client look at that and go, that's the kind of hairdresser that I want, yeah, you know, yeah, if, exactly. if that's why you're doing your imagery yeah. for marketing purposes, a client's not going to look at that and yeah. be inspired by that. Mm. Every other hairdresser will. So it's like, are you doing it for your industry or are you doing it for the people that pay your wage every single yeah, day yeah. kind of thing? 
That's you amazing. know, are you doing it yeah. to stroke your ego? Mm. Because, you know, I can shave someone's head and make it green on top and blue on the bottom and take a beautiful photo yeah. and bang, I win, you know. Yeah. What, what's the purpose? You know, what's yeah. the intent mm. behind that? Um, 100%. And if it's ego driven, then it's kind of like, well, you're kind of doing it for the wrong reason, yeah. you know. Yeah. And do it for have it fun. Too. A lot of it is, in my opinion, mm. like ego driven, you know. Um, that's where I'm at with it now. I'm almost gone to the other side of the analytical yeah. um, utility side of, of the awards and even the utility side of Instagram. Mm. It's like, what is like, what is this all eventuating to? Like, yep. what are we sharing? What is the purpose of why we're yeah. sharing these things? Yeah. Is it to convert into a sale for our business? Is mm. it to help someone with their lives? Like, what, yeah. what are we trying to achieve yeah. other than just putting it up to be like, look how great I am? Yeah. You know, is there a, an end place where you're trying to bring people? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's where I look at like, for the awards mm-hmm. now. I, I can't like I've only done one of my own personal editorial collections, but like I can't do another one without having the right concept and inspiration and reason and purpose to want to do it. Yep. When I did mine, it was to give myself more exposure mm-hmm. so that I could sell more education so that yep. we could get our message out so we could get these types of platforms up and running yeah. so we could give ourselves resources to kind of mm. become the kind of fuel for our business you know? yep. um, and our lives essentially so now I've kind of got that I'm kind of like well do I need to do a collection you mm. know like I haven't done a collection in, in since when was that when was that two years ago two, I think yours was yeah two years ago whatever yeah it's like I don't like you know Dyson still came and asked me to be an ambassador yep. without doing any editorial work for two years. Yeah. Like, so do I really need to do it? Like, yeah, probably yeah. not. Yeah. Like what I'm doing, I think like what we're doing and what I'm doing on my socials and stuff is probably more important. It's probably mm. what the industry needs a bit more. Mm. Than and, that. and it's interesting when you look at your social media, I, I saw it, I, there's a, a photographer that I love and um, I saw a story that he put on Instagram and he's like, okay, due to like the recent algorithm changes, da 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 da, I haven't seen my um, my followers increase in the last one to two years. So mm. I'm thinking of closing this account, and that was it. And I kind of thought, like, I messaged him and, and I said, does Beyonce not put out records because she hasn't seen her fan base increase? No, she continues to put out records because she loves what she does. Yes, yeah. she's multi-millionaires, but she puts out the album because. She loves what she does. Her fans love what she does and they love seeing it. Mm. I said, so why are you going to stop taking photos because your, your fan base and your followers on Instagram mm. hasn't increased because of their algorithm? I mm. said, I love seeing your work and I love seeing everything that you put up. So why would you deny me that mm. just because you haven't got another follower or another yeah. 20 followers kind of thing? Yeah. And I think that's like, in my opinion, where Instagram and the followers whole followers thing has ultimately gone wrong. Mm. It's forgotten about like the community that you're kind of creating mm-hmm. within your followers and yep. nurturing that. Yeah, totally. You're, always, you're not watering the grass where you have it. Yeah. Like, you know, you're trying yeah. to look for new grass always. Yeah, yeah exactly. But like, why? Yeah, like, that's why? more work. Yeah. Because yeah. the people who are, like, same thing with, with our following, really. Mm. You know, it's been... Um, <laughs> Lee was saying this morning he broke the 4,000 followers, man. And I was like, you should make a big, like, sarcastic post about it. We were doing a piss take as we were like, yes! Was my like, life doesn't don't make bloody difference, does it? Like, my purpose is I was just, like, my life's it. worth living now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. the thing. Like, uh, mine goes up as much as it goes down. Like, I yeah. lose as many as I, yeah, as I gain. Yeah. But there's always a core, like, f- like mm-hmm. couple of hundred people who are very, like, yeah. core. Yeah. yeah. 
love the, the stuff. So imagine if I just said, oh, I'm going to close this account, guys, because I'm not getting... That yeah. would be ridiculous. That's yeah. so egocentric. Like, what, what was the thing we spoke about the other day with Darren, the, the, the thousand true followers? Or was yeah. it the thousand, thousand yeah. true customers or something? That's mm. all really neat, isn't yep. it? In, yeah. In, yeah, you yeah. need a lot. But like, this is the thing, right? I'm in, a, I'm this, in this business course um, with a guy called Kerwin Ray, and he's got 300,000 followers mm -hmm. on Instagram. But the group that I'm in for the business coaching container is has got 300 people. And like a lot of the people in that group are probably like staff members and team members of his. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't say staff. He tells me never to say staff. But they're just team members or like the talent that works with him. And that's like a 1% conversion rate, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I'm looking at things almost from a numbers standpoint yeah. now. It's like, yeah. well, you don't need to have, if I have 16,000 followers, I don't need all of them to be engaging in all mm -hmm. of my stuff. You need like maybe a couple of hundred of them yeah. to like be interested. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's marketing at the end of the day. Yeah, of people course have tied their actual lives and identity mm -hmm. to it too much mm -hmm. to the point where they think that that's where their validation is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. If I'm not, if my following account isn't growing, then I'm not growing, mm. which is just ridiculous. Yeah. But when you look at the community that you build, as an example, like I, I look at, um, like so I got rid of my barbering account, and then I bought a drone recently, and I've, I went out to York Peninsula and did a whole stack of drone photography. And you know, if if I look at my stats and I go, okay, so my normal photography gives me, you know, eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand likes per photo for example and then i look at my drone photography which gives me maybe 30 40 50 i actually really like the 30 or 40 people yeah i like him because i'm actually interacting with them more and, yeah. and building this kind of community with them as opposed to the 800 or 900 that mm. like a photo of a guy in jocks kind yeah. of thing yeah you know? yeah and, and that's, that's what we difference. always say about tiktok too it's like who's ma who's actually yeah. managing where the numbers go from tiktok mm. because it's it's all well and good, like getting all these numbers and yeah. like that doesn't equate to like success in the real world though. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it does. I, th I think for like, if you have like an e-commerce type product mm -hmm. that people would be like, oh, that looks like it could come in handy and then yeah. they buy it, yeah. direct sales from that. But like as a barber or as a hairdresser, unless we own like a hair product, like how are we making money from TikTok? Yeah. Well, when you look at um, a lot of like the, I'm going to say colour companies, but I'm not going to mention any. Um, I, w I was talking to one about, you know, sponsorship, that sort of thing. And, and they outrighted me, if you have less than 10K followers, don't even think about asking. Whoa. And you're kind of like, are you shooting me? That's Black Mirror, you know, yeah. in Black Mirror, yeah. where it's like the social currency. <laughs> it's literally... And, and that, that's scary for a company to actually sit there and go, one of our policies is you need 10K followers before we will have you as an ambassador. It's mm. kind of like no wonder the industry is kind of screwed up the way it is yeah. because you've got companies like that mm. that are, are creating this environment where people then kind of feel like they have to yeah. do all of these things to get to all of these it's places. It's like a hierarchy thing. Yeah. You know? And that goes yeah. so deep too, isn't it? And that construes our idea of success then, doesn't it? Mm. You know, I Totally. Something that we learned through, yeah, through Karen Ray is like looking at money is it's just literally one metric of success. Mm. It's not the, the mm. whole metric. Yeah. Same with social media following. It's just what literally one metric. Yeah. You know, it's one metric it's in one area. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's like your business side of your life is only one side of your life. Mm. Obviously we all need money to survive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. But like it's the, like been, how, how are the 10,000 followers that I have that are in Lithuania, Estonia, Poland and Nigeria going to help a colour company in Australia? 
Yeah. You know, it, to me, the, the logic of that yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. They should actually monitor the followers yeah. and see where they're all from and how Who much Who are they? Where are they? are they? Yep, exactly. They're not looking at that. They're just literally looking at the outside. Numbers. Yeah. Mm, and, yeah. And from a marketing point of view, it's, it's reach, whereas now it's kind of turned around and it's more about engagement um, mm. than anything else. And I think Instagram's new rules around um, reach and engagement are really, really interesting and in how to actually target one and how to target the other. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going in an interesting direction and that's why like we really want to build like the community side of it like we're putting more effort into our facebook community group mm -hmm. trying to like get a bit of engagement in there but you know then it just takes time it's a slower burner and you yeah. know instagram in in the meaning of the word is for instant gratification mm -hmm. yeah like if it's not instant then people don't want to they just you know we like for example like last night we lost money like by coming here this weekend yeah. you know in the short term mm -hmm. Like, we lost money this weekend. Yep. But over time, everyone who's there last night, there's a much higher chance of them mm. coming to us for some upskilling yep. or, like, coming to the academy or buying our online course. or yeah. We'll make the money back that we mm. lost. Your, your gain is exponential down the track, and, and unfortunately, that's that's not where a lot of people focus. They, they focus on, okay, well, I'm doing this show. I have to do X, Y, Z. It has mm. to be this to be viable. It's kind of like... Your show is way more viable, like you say, down the track than what it was last night. It's a shame that you lost money last night, but yeah, um, yeah. But look, like it's not much, hmm. like, but we, no. we're we're operating at a loss, like, yeah. over the course of the weekend. Yeah, but then we get to come and we get to do podcasts, and mm -hmm. we get to do like, for example, the podcast is something that mm. you know right now doesn't make us any money. Yeah, but does it? Mm -hmm. Does it not make us any money? Because yeah. when you dig deeper, it when you dig does. deeper, like yeah. the yeah. people who are listening are that qualified warm audience that really like what we do mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. they're them 100 200 people who really like yeah. what we do yeah and they're the ones that are more likely to actually invest in us and mm. um, because when you know that's the way we like to look at it instead of like making money it's like yep. they're investing in us so that we can actually do more of this mm. you know and mm. gain and do more of this um but yeah I, and it's funny because it doesn't make money if it's not making money today and that's something our industry Mm. has been brought up on as well it's like if it's not making money right now in this moment if i'm not making 50 dollars in this haircut right now yeah it's not worth my time yeah because yeah. that's we've chunked we've chunked uh we literally just trade time for money don't we in our yeah. industry you chunked it down to yeah your 45 minute increments oh there's a bit of money there's a bit of money there's yeah. a bit of money yeah, so exactly. the thought of say all right you've got to do all your haircuts for nothing this week mm -hmm. but i'm going to pay you in three months time yeah triple what you'd make today yeah exactly they go no, nah. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> why would I do that? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad to think, isn't it? It yeah. is because, like, the fundamentals of like marketing is that, yeah, like you know, and like you look at some of the most, um, I guess, in recent times, successful companies in Australia. High Smile is probably one of the most successful, yeah. mm. like, and like I caught one of their cousins and he gives me a, a few insights into like how much they pay some of these celebrities. Like, they paid Conor McGregor like two million dollars, yeah, to post it on his Instagram. Wow, mental. That's crazy. Like, so like, imagine like, that's how much you have to put out. But like, they probably would have made 10 million back from that. Yeah, yeah. Easy. That's you know, nuts. but like, that's in our industry, like from my experience and what I see, people would not do that. No. Like, no. you're crazy. It's yeah. like when you go and do like these shows, right? I've been told for years, like, oh, you're crazy going and doing these shows for free. Are you getting paid for that? It's like, mm. no, but like, I'm going to be in a room full of like two, 300 potential mm -hmm. customers mm -hmm. or yep. potential people that can give me more money than what I could be paid from that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah Even totally. in one conversion. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So, like, for example, it was funny, like, when we... And this is why I have no, prob I have no 
problem whatsoever in telling people that we don't sell tickets to shows. Mm -hmm. Because the reason we put our ticket price so high is because we value our time as much yeah. as that price is there. Because like mm -hmm. we want it to be valuable for them people. Like they, we want them to see value in it mm -hmm. as much as us. Like for us doing this today, instead of doing like, you know, if we sold out our course today for $100 a ticket mm. and made, and there was eight spots and we made 800 bucks, it's yeah. like, that's, that's not even like, what's, mm. like, what's the point, you mm. know? Mm. So like, we just don't, we don't yeah. do that. Yeah. We'd prefer not to do it and just have a day to do something like this where it's yeah. more productive. We'll learn more yeah. from a conversation like yeah. this. Um, and that's valuing our time, but. We're not taught value. No. And, and that's the problem. That's, mm. that is the problem. Yeah. That, that is the problem. And, I was speaking to the guys about this last night and a lot of the time our value is tied up in how it looks rather than mm -hmm. what it actually is. Yep. Mm. And I have no problem in telling people that we don't sell tickets because at our open day, for example, we had five people show mm. up. But the day before, there was 40 tickets sold. Mm -hmm. But they were sold for free. So there was no skin in the game. Yep. So people can just be like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's not valuable to me. I, yeah. won't, I, won't, I won't go. But the reason I've got no problem in sharing it is because like what people don't see they might see only five people there mm. but what they don't see is that we actually made a lot of conversions from that between the online and the people in person so we like almost 10x our investment on the day mm. so it's like i've i have no problem in going online for us like i haven't, <laughs> share, I haven't shared that until now but yeah. like i have no problem going on like online and being like well we don't only five people showed up and then yeah you know, you always get the one or two people and be like, ha, 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 like five people, fuck <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, these dickheads, you know. Um, but that's fine. Like, it's so fine. Yeah, and like, yeah. I'm not at the point in my life where I'm insecure enough that I have to lie about things. Mm. Like, we sold no tickets for the yeah. for the workshop tomorrow. And yeah. it's a shame. Today. Today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, today. But it's a shame, but it's not a shame because then we get our yeah. day we yeah. get our day to do what we want we're doing yeah, this. exactly like no this, one's dead yeah, yeah. no one's yeah. dead it yeah. is what it is like yeah. if that's what if that's not what people want right now then that's fine yeah. too yeah you know we, we say it, we, you know we're not for everyone and that's okay no you know, and, and, that's and fine that, that's great <laughs> you know, yeah you know that yeah. might not be the people that we need need to be around anyway no so, no exactly yeah. you know yeah. I, I have this thing with my kids um when we talk about value and i said what would you do on the weekend and they're like oh you know cuddle my mates here on Sunday. I'm like, oh, okay, so how many mates came out? About 15. Like, oh. So you spent Sunday cutting 15 of your mates' hair. They're like, yeah, so what do you charge for a haircut? 10 bucks. I'm like, charge 40. Yeah. I thought, like, why would I do that? That's more than what we charge in the shop. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but what are you giving up to do your mates' hair on a Sunday? Exactly. I said, surely it's worth 40 bucks yeah. for a haircut as opposed to 10. 10. I said, A, you're worth more because your work is great, but you're giving up a whole Sunday to cut your mates because they're stingy bastards and they yeah. don't want to go to the shop. Yeah. So charge the bastards more yeah. because what you're giving up to do that is value. And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. It's so yeah. interesting. I've had this conversation with, with people recently and, um, you know, I remember someone saying to me during lockdown, uh, you know, would, would you rather not, like, just make the 80 bucks like, mm. than just do nothing? And yeah. I was like, well, the thing is, I value doing nothing. Mm as much as mm -hmm. I value making the 80 bucks yeah. Yeah. in that moment. Yep. Not for a prolonged period of time. Mm. Of course, like at a certain time, I'm going to snap mm. myself out of it and I'll make some money when I need to make money. But like yeah. being a little bit more calculated is probably necessary mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. us in terms mm -hmm. of like what is the right decision and what's the wrong decision. Yep. And uh, a client of mine said something to me the other day. We, 
he's a photographer as well and he was talking about like we did this thing for visit victoria me and hannah and we were just like the models for it mm. which was actually kind of fun it was <laughs> funny but uh he was just talking about like the you know the price of the campaign and like how much he was getting paid and mm. it's like how much life have I, am i willing to trade for like yeah the effort that i'm going to put into making yeah. this stuff and I, that's what we need to think about like yeah. what is your life worth like how much life am i trading for this like yeah. and this is and i i love that conversation too because i bring that to clients as well and people talk about their time and you know essentially we're all humans and we all have a life mm-hmm. and whose is worth more than the other yeah exactly you know that's how i really aren't they you know like yeah. to, to, for someone to say my life is worth more than yours that's mm-hmm. that's audacious mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah it is like, but, but we have no concept of of no. a, a lot of value you know and i like i people ask me you know how i got into photography and um the reason i got into photography was uh i i rang a girlfriend of mine to do my first collection i'm like oh how much is it to do a shoot and she's like it's three thousand three hundred that was her price and i'm like six photos and she's like, yeah. I said, what's that with mates rates? Because, you know, I'm an arsehole. And she goes, that is mates rates. I'm like, fuck me. I was like, 3300 3, bucks for six photos. I kind of thought, all right. So I took that as my budget. I kind of thought, 3300 I'm going to buy myself a camera. I'm going to buy myself some, like, photography gear, lighting gear. Subscribe to a couple of tutorials online, that kind of thing. Learned how to do it. Got into it. Years later, people will say to me, how much do you charge for a shoot? And I tell them, and they're like, for six photos? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and now now I, I can see what that value is, but at yeah. the time I had no concept of what that value yeah. was because I kind of thought we're well, taking photos and there's only yeah. six of them. And for again, a collection. we're not taught. No, you know, no, it's we're the not. same with us with haircuts. They go, oh, it's only a haircut. Mm. Yeah, but you're you're valuing what the end result is. Mm. You know, again, you're, it was like six photos. Yeah, we're only seeing. But it's a photo. It's the price. Yeah, yeah, but all the shit it took to get to the photo, you know? (laughs) And all the learning that I had to go through to get that photo to what it looks like at the end, you know, that's what you're paying for. And And the time of, like, the preparation and the the cost of the equipment. Yep. You know, like, it all comes into it. Yeah. But that's not something that people really take notice of. No, they've got no clue. Um, They've all got iPhones with great cameras now. Yeah. You know? Like, I went to a a, a, a seminar. It was this um, George's Anthony amazing amazing photographer um and i think it was l magazine they hired him to do the cover and he used an iphone for it and he he wasn't afraid to admit that he shot the cover of you know an international magazine with his iphone i kind of thought yeah that's fucking cool yeah but i guess when he's at at that point now it's like all right i don't have anything to prove let's just do this to see (laughs) if i can do it yeah yeah and like we we talk about it context over content as well it's like or the other way around whichever way we say it you know, it's not always the the tool. It's the right tool to get the job done. Mm, you know, totally. It's, it's same with the cutting hair, you know. Yeah. Some people rely on a certain tool or, you know, you've got thousands of tools. But, yeah, it's the, if it gets the job done, it gets the yeah. job done, doesn't yeah. it? You know, that's well, it. I got asked last <laughs> night. They're like, oh, you know, how many how many scissors do you normally use? And I'm like, two. I've got one pair of scissors for cutting, one for texturizing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. Well, where were they from? And I'm like, oh, this one was a present from a student that graduated, like, 10 years ago she got it for me from hong kong that's my texturizers and i said and these scissors i just love them because i've had them for about 10 years and yeah. i sharpen them every year and they're still beautiful and they're lovely yeah. you know and it's just it's two pairs of scissors and that's literally how i do my work every single day i don't go for the whole you know the kit and caboodle and 25 yeah. different sets and the five inch yeah. and the six inch and the seven inch and yeah. you know it's just it, like i've got them all yeah yeah but yeah, i only yeah, yeah. use two mm. and that's like me I, I, I try to be like that too yeah just mm. yeah like to... last night we literally like had like four or five things like on Next to our models, yeah. You know? yeah. Like scissors, comb, yeah. clips, yeah. razor. That's it. What else yeah. do you need? 
Not yeah. much. Not much. It's, simple. it's all. It's all yeah. in here. And it's all the context. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the yeah. context. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's but, just one thing. Part of what we do, isn't it? Yeah. It's trying to teach that though, and I think the, the biggest challenge that we face is is trying to get that across to this you know younger generation of um of barbers that they they see all of that with all of these hair educators and yeah. they kind of go okay well, i want to do this and i want to do this and i want to have the <laughs> toolkit that's got like the 15 pairs of scissors in it and it's kind of like yeah that's great but you've only got two hands mm. one of them is holding a comb and the other <laughs> one's holding a pair of scissors you know what are you yeah. going to do with the other 14 pairs of scissors yeah you know they're just going to sit there in your toolkit and look good yeah you know so it's i think when you don't have it like you look at it like and you chase it when you don't have it yeah yeah. But, like, I've been fortunate enough, like, since I really started doing hair, I haven't had to pay for any equipment. Yep. So I, don't, I actually don't really value it that much. Yeah. You know, you know I, I appreciate it. Yep. And I'm grateful for it. But I don't, like, place value in it, like, mm-hmm. to the point where it is everything. Yep. You know, because I, I don't actually, it's, it's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I work for some of these companies and I don't go in and, like, sell all their stuff for them. Uh-huh. Because that's not, they're not. First of all, they don't pay me enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And second of all, I'm not selling myself out in exchange for that. Yeah. Like yeah. our message as humans is more important. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I look at it anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have some work to do. I still pay for my scissors. <laughs> <laughs> I still pay to get them sharpened every year. If I actually like get paying to sharpen it, because that's a dying art. Yeah. And yeah. I, I believe, I'm like, yeah, I want to pay someone to do that. To, to get I've that done got, well is actually quite hard now. I have the same guy and I've had him since the start of my apprenticeship. So Amazing. I've known him for 32 years yeah. and he does my scissors once a year for me. Unbelievable. You know, and, and to me, to have that relationship over that, that period of time, yep. it's, I mean, this guy's amazing. and it's, yeah. just, it's just his skill and you kind of yeah. think, I wouldn't go to anyone else. No. Because I know how good I he is. I just love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. We're still recording. How are we going? Yeah, I'm just making sure we're still recording. <laughs> so all good? All good. All good. Lovely. 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 We've, we've missed all of that. No, I was just but making um, sure because uh, Biff 2 was gone for a while. Yeah. So I just... Uh, He's having a nap, I reckon. You never know. Yeah. But um, no, look, interesting, interesting topics. Um, very interesting topics. And I love how can, like it's been a very relaxed conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's very cruisy. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I'm in a cruisy kind of mood, you know? Yeah. Keep sure going. We can see your legs got today. The, got the legs That's out. Not a normal thing for you. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm in Adelaide. I'm on holiday. You know? Glad so, it's only the legs, mate. Um, <laughs> so what's next for you guys? What's next for us? Well, what is next for us? We've got a class tomorrow. Yeah, we're doing a, we're doing yeah. a class tomorrow um, for the Attaboy guys. Mm. But like in terms of what's next after that, um... I'm going back to Melbourne for like a day, I think, and then I'm going to Brisbane. I'm actually starting to do some some mentorship okay. with people, so yep. I'm going to try that out, see how that goes, um, which will be fun. And then I'm actually going to Bali for a few weeks, but I think like we were we've been talking about it recently. We're going to start reassessing a little bit of what we're doing, and mm. I think we've learned a lot from the last maybe month or so about filling our schedules up mm. too much yep like it's not really it gets to the I point think. where it's not enjoyable yeah you know where it's like too much like the last couple of times i've left home now i'm a bit like oh i just really don't want to be packing another suitcase yeah. like i really don't yeah. want to like it looks a lot easier than what it is yeah you know it's because it's a beautiful suitcase yeah it is. <laughs> shout out to coffer but we yeah shout out to coffer we, we had a funny <laughs> conversation um few weeks back it was we were at the business course and we, they were talking about the relationship with commitment mm-hmm. and they have this huge big thing because a lot of people just 
you know, struggle with committing or yep. doing what they say they're going to do, a bit of integrity. And, and we were like, we don't have a bad relate. We don't have a problem with commitment. And we were mm. like, actually, no, we do. Yeah, <laughs> we yep. overcommit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go the other way. You yeah. know, our, our relationship with commitment is pretty bad yep. because we just we commit to too much. I think, and yeah. we've got to we've got to readjust I, that. I, I do this thing with um, with Lego with my kids, um, which is really weird. Um, and your week basically is a, a, a collection of Lego blocks, all right? And I look at my week every week and I go, okay, I've got to have X amount of blocks for work, X amount for my social life, X amount for uni. Mm. And then I've also got to have like just in case blocks. And I put these little blocks in my calendar of cool. just in case something fucks up here, mm. I've got somewhere to move that and put it so that mm. I can still get that done because that's a priority for the week nice. sort of thing. So it's, it's about priority management and figuring mm. out, you know, not over committing but then if you do over commit somewhere then you've got somewhere else to kind of move little blocks of your time sort of thing you know and that's, that's a really what we important don't skill yeah we don't have any just in case blocks <laughs> get some just in we case literally blocks. don't yeah no we i don't. like that one that's yeah. good yeah no we do need to kind of re- reconsider that and um yeah i think i just i would like to have a bit more space mm. to like kind of think and let things integrate yep I think I need some more integration time. That's what yep. that's what's next for me, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's hard because when you need it, you've created this schedule for yourself that you kind of can't really get out of. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, that, that, that's true. I think I uni not uni life for me is really really interesting because I've discovered that academic people have no sense of humour, um, <laughs> and what <laughs> one of my assignments was to look at time management skills, and I had to research a whole lot of different time management skills and put them in our group discussion and forum. And um, we were supposed to put three up. And I put two serious ones. And then the last one that I put was the Beyonce rule. And uh, my educator's like, uh, can you explain the Beyonce rule? And I said, well, it basically goes, Beyonce has 24 hours in the day and so do you. <laughs> get over yourself and get it done. Yeah. And that, that's it. And, and the reality is we have time in our day, but we don't make time. You know, we, you yeah. know, you've got yeah. 24 hours. I've got 24 hours. Yeah. Priorities. Like, yeah, exactly. It's priorities. Yeah. I'm fitting in two jobs and a uni degree and a, a life kind of thing, you yeah. know, and yeah. it's, yeah. and you're no different. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's how you actually prioritize those mm. hours. I'm just thinking like, you know, one of my biggest goals in life, like is obviously to have a family and I'm just thinking the way I'm fucking carrying on now, like, <laughs> the way I'm behaving mm. currently. There's no fucking way I'd want to bring, bring a kid around no. that. Mm. No way. But like, we, I had that, re- you know, it kind of hit, smacked me in the face the other night. You know, we, we finish at eight o'clock and I think one night I didn't get out of the shop till about 11 p.m. Cause we, we were just doing a couple of organizational <clears throat> bits and we were talking and whatever. And I said to Owen, I was like, can you imagine this? This might be us, you know, where we have a family. Do you still mm. want to be like this? Yeah, you know? exactly. Where's dad? Oh, he's at work. Yeah. Oh, where's dad tonight? Oh, he's still at work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are just disregarding the, the, the real important things. So what, what, what's your you plan know? to not do that? That's to what not we're going to work on now. Block. Exactly. That's what's, what we're going to have to yep. work on now. That's the next More step, just I in think. case blocks. But yeah. yeah. More Actually just in case blocks. change to just in case that like just relax. Yeah. And I think the word just that. Just fucking chill yeah, out blocks. The word know? that you said is prioritize. Yeah. You know, what are your priorita- mm. priorities and what do you really want? Mm. You know, mm. I don't think we are honest enough with ourselves what we really, really want. Yeah. You know, mm. and. Because I don't, again, I don't think we're taught that either. Hmm. You, know? Do you know what my biggest priority is in my day? Go on. It's really weird. Uh, it's a 5.30 nap. Beautiful. And it's for an hour and a half every day yep. at 5.30 when I get home, I have a nap. I yep. turn off the phone, I put my alarm on yep. so that it wakes me up around 7, 7.30. If I don't have that 5.30 nap, I can't do anything else, you mm. know. So I, I get home, I'll have my nap, 
I'll wake up, I'll have dinner, and then I'll do either photography work or hair work, and then probably about 10.30, I'll go to the gym, I'll come back, I'll do a little bit more work, about one o'clock, I'll go to bed, and then I'm up yeah. at about 7.30 again. Beautiful. You know, but it, it's that nap, that is, that is that one block every single day that doesn't move. And Not if it moves, <laughs> I get stressed, yeah. yeah. It yeah. does my head in, I'm like, I haven't had my nap today. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I'm a mess by about eight o'clock if I haven't had that little nap, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, that's a really key block in, in my weekly life to go, it's got to be there. Amazing. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Like, I mean, if you look at us as humans and you look at like animals, you know, like how animals behave and mm -hmm. like how they all act differently. Yep. And they have different patterns and cycles. Mm. But yet we're also different as humans. Obviously, we've similar, more similar genetics than, mm. than what some animals do. But we still all operate under the same system. Mm. The system that was set up to fucking create workers, basically. Yep. All the information that's out there is just industrial revolution information. Mm. And it's like, we need to actually fi figure out what works for us. Like, that's great. Like what you do, figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. That nap works for you. Yep. Um, there's a thing called, I have it written down, like from uh, K2, the Kerwin Ray course. It's called Shea 360. And it's a thing about body types and like what's actually best oh, for yeah. your body type, what time to work out, like what time to do mm -hmm. this in terms of increasing like your, I wouldn't say productivity. Like I'm trying to avoid that word as well. Efficiency? Is that a word? Yeah, it's horrible. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't like it anymore. Mm. It just seems too coined like by just anyone who thinks yeah. that. Because we were forced to be productive and yeah. with, with this whole pandemic bullshit as well. It's like, okay, so now that you're at home and you're stuck at home, what are you doing to make the most of your time? I'm like, fuck all. Yeah. That's making like, the what most is, of my time. Like, yeah, yeah. Is, is productivity subjective to yeah. like, the person? Because like, we're all so different, you know? Like, yeah. I guess productivity has to be subjective then. Yeah. Mm. But like, that's why I'm trying to stay away from it. It's almost like too commonly used. It's almost like... Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. like I've listened to Gary Vee once and now I'm talking about productivity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems yeah. like. But yeah. I think, yeah, like the efficiency or like living the most optimized life mm -hmm. possible to you is probably more correct choice of words mm -hmm. than productivity mm -hmm. because per that looks different to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. to me, like having that routine might not work as well as it works for you, mm. you know? And for other people that yeah. we are not even coming close to, yeah. like, they might live in a totally different way. Getting up at 4.30 a.m., it doesn't suit everybody. Mm. You know, like getting up at 5 a.m. doesn't suit everyone. Mm. Some For some people, lying in until 10 a.m., and when they get up and they have an amazing productive mm. couple of hours, mm. a, a much better productive couple of hours than what they could have if they woke up at, say, 6 and just spent two hours fucking around. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. It is. I, I do it. Yeah. Like, I get up and I'm like... I know if I really put my head down and want to focus and get some shit done, I can do a lot of stuff in an hour. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But like, we're just constantly distracted. Yeah. Productivity is subjective as well, isn't it? It's like yeah. your metrics that you build. Yeah. Like something that I was thinking about then when you guys are talking about that, like I think we, we know what we're supposed to do mm -hmm. as humans, like yep. outside of survival. I believe that, there's a reason there's no handbook to this life. And I love what you, I, I, I love what you said about doing nothing outside yeah. of survival. We're supposed to do anything else? Yeah. We're probably not. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, no, exactly. Like, there's no handbook. Exactly. After you've eaten and reproduced and mm. not get eaten that day, what are you supposed to do? No, you're supposed to go shopping. <laughs> Fuck all. You're you know? supposed to go <laughs> shopping. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to go shopping. Oh, you're supposed to go yeah, shopping. that's right. Yeah, eating. Yeah yeah. 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 Eating, another distraction. Yeah. Get some more followers. Get some yeah. more I followers. Need to do that. Yeah, get the yeah. followers off. Yeah, 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 yeah baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the Balenciagas on the 
Yeah. I should pass 4,000 yeah. today. Did yeah. I tell you? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you all that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm most of us living now. <laughs> so what's next for Johnny then? You asked us what's next uh, for us. What's next uh, for you? Me, I... I'm actually sorry, look. I'm, I'm slowly getting out of um, hair. I, I'm, yep. I'm in my my last couple of um, years, which is really really good. You know, um, what I think it's cool. Is is I love that you live in your truth, though. Mm. That's why we wanted to get you on. We're yeah. like, fucking love it. Like, yeah, it's just. It, I mean, you're not you're not trying to hide from it. No, fucking no, no way. And that's no like, way. My, my boss will see this, and he'll probably hear that I'm slowly getting out of hair, and I've told him face to face as well, and it, it's great. all well and good, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the end of my career, yep. you know, and I'm yep. I'm almost fifty for fuck's sake, and it's sort of. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's a reality. It, it, it's it's that's, not bullshit. It's, that's actually it's my reality. Talking about the eight eight pm piece, something that I didn't talk about right there. I was saying to own about it that all these late nights and mm-hmm. all these things, especially in the men's hair industry, that's fine. If you look at the general demographic of who works in the men's hair industry, mm. there's a lot of young dudes. Yep, they don't have a lot of priorities. No, they don't no. have families. They don't have all this. Whatever they need to do, yeah. you know, yeah. it's fine for them to work all the hours under the sun. Yeah. Fine, yeah. but like, you know, where does that end as well? Exactly. I, I like, I yeah. like that you can you see that too. It's very destructive, yeah. like in over yeah. long periods of time, and like last night was a prime example of it. Yeah, looking at fucking Hindley Street or whatever it's called <laughs> on a Saturday exactly. night. Yeah, what the fuck is really going on here? Mm. Like, yeah, it was a fucking zoo. Some, some of them yeah. were there to have fun. A lot of them are there just running no, away from their no, shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know, even know how many are there to have fun. Yeah. Even, know, even know what fun is to them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a societal conditioning. Yeah. That, that, that is supposed to be fun. Mm. Like, that's exactly. Fun. But you, you look at us age-wise and you kind of think, you know, at your age, your hair's going up in a ponytail and mine's being glued on. <laughs> it's just a reality. <laughs> it's just fucking how it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, that that's me. I'm getting out of the hair game. Um, mm. I'm a... Uh, Focusing more on my photography, my uni yeah. studies, and cool. Um, cool. launching a swimwear brand later this year, which is fantastic. Nice. So, you know, it's just it's it's steering away. And look, I've been really, really grateful to my career and the people that have have been in it um, because they've gotten me to this point, and yeah. they've allowed me to. My industry has allowed yeah. me to do all of these other things yeah. while still keeping me stable as well. Yeah. And that's, I think, that's the biggest thing about our industry that people tend to miss. It's a really good, stable thing that can kind of allow you to do a lot of other things yeah. that kind of work in with it as yeah. well. We, um, we had that never course. go hungry, you know. There's, yeah. there's no, like no. we might not become millionaires like yeah. by yeah. just yeah. making money, but yeah. we'll never be hungry. There's always food. You can Maybe. always eat, like, yeah. and that's that's yeah, that's know, reality. It is it it is up to this point, and I, I actually spoke about this with someone last night, and it's 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 kind of scary, but. The water is rising, like all around us, mm-hmm. and if we don't fucking start moving up with it or yep. start growing, yep, you have or to start rising with the water. Meaning, get your fucking shit together with mm-hmm. your with your brand, or or like bring your prices up, or like just learn to value yourself more yeah. from the, from the start. Otherwise, the water's gonna go above your head, yep. and you're totally. actually gonna operate at a loss. And yep. most people are operating at a loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's, it's a hard them to operate. Yeah, and, and that's the crack up. It's yeah. more important to, for people to say, "I'm here and I'm doing this Be in these times," and it's yeah. like, "You fucking go and break, dude." Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't matter that you're still here. It's it's the value of what here actually is to you, and yeah. a lot of people miss that. You know, mm. so but that, that's where I'm going, and you know, I'm I'm happy to get out of the industry after all this time. Mm. You know? I think, like, yeah, I lo- I love that too because. For us, like we're here to question the blueprint as well, you know, mm. challenge the kind of status quo mm. of thing, how things have done. 
like I look at what we're doing right now as like I want it to be almost like a boy band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like One Direction had four or five good years and they just fucking put it to bed, you know? We say it all the time. We're like, and, and that's what we're going to do. Right now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why like, I, I want to kind of create like higher value propositions for people where it's like we want to deliver as much value as possible. Like, guys, we're not going to be here forever doing this. Like, mm. you know, like there's times where our courses say today, like today the course went to be on it, didn't sell her. We may not come back, and that's not out of like a saltiness type of way. But yeah, we, well, you've already we said just, that. We just, <laughs> this is the only time you're coming down. We, we probably, <laughs> I, and like, you know, we, initially we were saying this year, but it's like, yeah, but next year things could change so mm. much because this time last year things were different. Yeah. So yeah. next year it might be com- com- something completely different again. Mm. Um, and we just might not do it again. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm. Like, mm. it's just meant to happen that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the way we look at it too. It's like, okay. We're like One Direction right now, you know, like in the Australian small barbering yeah. hair industry. Yeah. That really matters. <laughs> in the grand scheme of the yeah. world. <laughs> but, but you know what, like so many people get so much out of like this industry too. It does help, you know, so many people in, in different ways. But like, and I don't mean to ridicule it like that, but no, you know, I think if people could just open their minds up a small bit more to realize what's actually what's going on it would be a much easier way to operate then because mm. right now it's making it easier for me even though it's short term that can be hard sometimes yep. you know like you might get short stints and bursts of like yeah. what the fuck is this all about but then ultimately it actually is for the good you know mm. like to think this way yeah. and to have these critical ways of thinking and, and questioning the, and the well. curiosity yeah. I think that's the fucking the heartbeat of life really yeah. if you're not curious like when you stop like when did we stop being curious yeah. But the trouble is there's a there's a massive danger in opening your mind when your head's up your ass. Yeah. And and that's that's where our industry's at at the moment. There's a lot of heads up asses and you know that needs to change. And I think you guys are you guys are being really really pivotal in in changing and I think moving the industry in in a slightly different direction and I to me that that's like that's fantastic. And you you've come in I think at the time that you needed to to kind of come in mm. um which has been great. Yeah. yeah well if nobody like it was a sinking ship but i i personally feel like if nobody's gonna step up now because you know like over the years i've witnessed you know the awards platforms and stuff like that are things where people should in my opinion like i always thought oh like take the bull by the horns like when you win that award like take it and fucking drive the industry mm. forward and bring everyone up and but maybe not everyone's built for that or they don't no. realize or they don't have their why right when they're yeah. they're, they're starting yeah. off their yeah. application or their intention isn't in the right way or they just don't know. They're mm. just, mm. They just don't know. Yeah, and that's also fine. Yeah. That's okay too. Yeah. But sitting on the sidelines like and looking at it from where we were looking at it to just keep pointing the finger and saying that and not doing anything about it, that's, mm. that's also toxic. Yeah, yeah. So like totally. for us now to be like, okay, we see that. Let's, try and influence it in a more positive way that's mm. that's the best thing we mm. can do you know yeah, yeah. And, and you're primed and you're in you're in the best position to do it and I, I think you're in the best time to do it as well because of how our industry is currently mm. you know so yeah it's gonna be great it's just a shame i'm not gonna be around to see it i know well look you'll always be around i, I hope <laughs> to, always be around <laughs> i hope to uh, be able to call upon you for some uh, words of wisdom yeah, hey, yeah as I'm, we continue I'm always here so we yeah. might be out of the industry in a couple of years too. We might we might retire yeah. at the same time. Yeah. I'll see you in Bali. Yeah, let's do it. Villa in Bali. Yeah. But um no, look, thank you so much for coming on. 
No it's a real pleasure no to have you. It's been, really it's been, cool. it's really been very cool. cool. Yeah. Maybe uh, when you do chance. actually transition into the next, into the afterlife. Yeah, I'll have a going away party. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we can get you on for part two of the podcast. That would be great. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I think I'll be there. like as the stories evolve, I think we'll, there are certain guests that we'd like to get back on and, and share, the, share yep. their stories again. Yep. Beautiful. Um, yeah. We always end on one question though. You, one you, departing you, question. All right. Okay. Are you happy? Me? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm where I need to be. Great. Which is really cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Very cool. Love it. Yeah. And that's all it has to be sometimes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. A simple one. Yeah. But yeah, thank you very much. If you want to find Johnny, um, he's deleted all his socials. Let him know where to yes, find you. You can. You, can. <laughs> you literally can't find you me. You can find his photography, <laughs> photography page, uh, photos by Johnny. Um, and that's it. Yeah, thanks so much. No worries. Thank thanks, you. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Cheers.